We need mics. There we go. Now we can see. Now we can hear. Yep. Oh. Hey, that's Victor, a Victor intro. How's it going? It was hey. just silent movie intro here. That's right. We be rocking and rolling. Welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, and that person you just saw to my left is one and only Victor. What's up, man? Oh, not much, guys. You know, I'm always excited to be here because we got a huge, humongous show for you like we do every week. But this one's going to be killer because I think you'll understand why we say the word killer, as you will know. Um, but I got to tell you guys, this is this is just a packed show. So get ready to be amazed, phenomenized, and get ready to be blast into the upper atmosphere of cinema, Pop culture and many other things. Very astutely stated. I guess speaking of phenomenized, we have across from me the one and only phenomenanya. Is that right, Mr. Yep. Paul? Yeah. Phenomenanya. Yeah. It's my gamer tag. Nice. <laughs> something, something like a phenomenon, Hell but yeah. I'm just going to phenomenanya. <laughs> See, I love the way he does the LL Cool JM that way. <laughs> oh, I love that one. I love it. <laughs> so it is November 8th, 2023. You can join us live every other Wednesday at 1 p.m. on. We want to hear your live comments and questions in the live chat on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, or call or text in your questions or comments at 701-213-0863. All right, so I got a couple opening news items here to kick things off for the day here. Um, I, I know, Victor, you said you've got a couple here, too. Um, so I'll... I'll the one of the first ones I got will be our... It'll be our first review of the show here, but... I just thought I'd note that the box office success for Five Nights at Freddy's was kind of making some headlines there, at least the opening weekend, anyways, the first week. That's true. Um, it, it did a gross of $80 million its initial weekend, which is noteworthy because it also simultaneously released on streamers on Peacock. So to bring in that much while releasing on a kind of notable streaming service like Peacock, that's a pretty big deal. And so far, as of a couple of days ago, uh, grossed, it has grossed over $113 million and $217 million worldwide. So, wow. You know, huge. I keep hearing about all these movies that make like, you know, $113 million, $80 million. Mm. I think we're in the wrong business. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, like, seriously are. <laughs> Can we get this money? <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So it's a surprise hit. I know, especially on vi for video game movies, there's not too many video game movies that do that well. I guess, you know, this has been kind of like an outlier here with Super Mario Brothers doing gangbusters, but it's got the marketing machine of uh, Nintendo behind it and yeah. the, it kind of being like the fan movie that everyone wanted. I mean, that one and then I know, what was it, like Detective Pikachu was yeah. killing it Detective and even, he, even the two Sonic movies yeah. and then there's a third one coming out not too long ago, so I mean, sure. That we may be seeing a change of uh, direction here for the successful video game movies now. I, I know. They're getting they're, it right. Can I get, is it safe to say, are they getting it right finally after all these years? Like, seriously, they really I'm saying, honestly, I will say this with a shadow of a doubt, they, they really did learn their lesson after a while. I'm so. sure there's one I'm forgetting about that's supposed to be coming out soon. That's going to be like another stinker like usual. But oh, uh, we shall see. If people in the chat got any video game movies that come to mind, we want to hear what you have to say about your favorite or least favorite. Uh, another news item I have is, I don't know if any of you saw this, uh, Jeremy Renner. He kind of spoke out publicly uh, uh, from his recovery from the January 1st snowplow incident in an incident in in Instagram post. I don't know if any of you saw this. I did, I did hear about it, but I did not see the video. I heard about it, though, on Facebook. Yeah, uh, so I got, I got a quote here. It was a pretty, on his Instagram, it was a very, pretty short, to-the-point message, but saying, I've been exploring every type of therapy since January 14th. Every day, countless hours of physical therapy, 
peptide injections, IV drips and pushes, stem cell and exomes, red light IR therapy, hyperbaric chambers, 2.0 atmospheres, cold plunge, and the list goes on and on. But my greatest therapy has been my mind and the will to be here and push to recover and be better, be exceptional. I feel it's my duty to do so, not to squander my life being spared, but to give back to my family, friends, and all of you whom have empowered me to endure. I thank you all. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it sounds like he's got still a long road ahead of him, but he's, yeah. he's getting there. He's getting there. So. I need to be more active on the Insta. The Insta. I, I haven't, I'm not an Insta fan, but you know what? Just because of Jeremy, I, I might become one. I might be just become one just for him. <laughs> and, you know, while that's a good, a, a good uh, positive note, uh, an, an unfortunate downer note to report on him. This is about four or five, maybe six days old now, but I'm, I'm, I imagine everyone here has probably heard the sad news that uh, mostly known for his role on the huge 90s sitcom show Friends, Matthew Perry, uh, the yes. actor who played Chandler, passed away from an uh, unfortunate drowning in his uh, jacuzzi. Yes. And, uh, or, oh, in his jacuzzi? That's how it happened? Uh, yes. His hot tub. Uh, and you think, you know, a hot tub, how could that? But then you, you saw a photo of his hot tub. It's pretty much like a mini swimming pool almost. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, yeah, he sent up from pretty much what happened. He sent it. He was going to relax in his hot tub. I even he even did a social media post saying like, "Oh, this is relaxation" or something along those lines. Showed a photo of his uh, of his hot tub. I, I, can, I can see exactly where this is going because yeah, you know they they said that he had uh, an addiction problem. Yeah, and but, chances because I have a hot tub myself, mm. and chances are he probably took like a. I don't know, a Percocet or an Oxy oh, or oh something. Oh, no, he, and, he said he didn't. Do, there was no drugs in his system when they were doing the autopsy. Oh, really? Yep, yeah. no drugs but, in his but system. But you, you can literally, like, fall asleep mm-hmm. in yeah. a jacuzzi. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's relaxing. It's yeah. got the hot steam and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've like, do- like, dozed off in my hot mm-hmm. tub before, too. So I, I could totally see how that could happen. That's what I thought, too. But they said immediately said no. He didn't take any drug. He was just relaxing. Mm-hmm. And then he just fell asleep, and he didn't wake up. So Just one of those freak. Freak one in a million things. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, hearts. Oh, I bet you. I bet you. I bet you. If you looked up the stats on it, there's probably a crap ton of people more oh, that sure. more pass ish. out and die in their hot tubs. Oh, I guess yeah. it's probably like one of those things you don't really think of, or you think people, you know, they would, you know, they would gargle and wake up, you know, or something, you know. But uh, probably. But like Paul said, you know, once you just take it and you're same just with relaxing. saunas. I mean, how many people do you think die a year in saunas from dehydration? Oh, probably a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, it's it's not really uncommon. <laughs> yeah, have to be some figures to look up. But no, I mean, Matthew Perry, I, I loved Friends. Great um, show. Grew up with it. Uh, I didn't really get into watching it until its final season. I kind of binged watched the DVDs when I got my first apartment, and I didn't have cable for the first few months, and so I, I kind of bought like the like first seven or eight seasons that were out on mm-hmm. on DVD when it was a DVD was huge at the time. Uh, TV seasons were coming out, and I just remember just binge watching like six or seven seasons of Friends in like a month or two months, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I kind of borrowed another couple seasons from my buddy, and at that time the last season was airing on on. Uh, on cable and I'd go over to my mom's to watch friends for like the last like five episodes or so of the, of the series. So, uh, and then Matthew Perry's done, he does, he's done his fair share of movies too. I remember his, uh, most, uh, uh, film role I associate with him being almost heroes. Chris Farley's last major leading role. So mm. I remember he when he did. Uh, I still love this movie and it had a great cast. It was uh, the whole nine yards with oh, him, yeah. Bruce Willis, and uh, the late Michael Clark Duncan as well because they did. And Amanda Peet was also in there because there was a great cast in there. I also love Fools Rush in with him and Selma Hayek because uh, that's my dad and my favorite movie. So yeah, Every, everything he did was like comedy though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was comedy, but I I think he loved comedy a lot. So I. Think 
thing. He did. He was probably born for it. I, I mean, mean, he did, but he, I think he did one serious role, but it was like a miniaturized kind of role he did. So. Didn't really have big success with it, but no, it's not that. I think it's just like, like you said, he he was so born for comedy, and he was so funny. Like yeah. he knew his like just like that, yeah. and he was so. funny. I mean, he was great with one-liners. Yeah, and just the comic. I mean, he. he you know, I mean, he always joked about on, on the show, you know, oh, a comedy is my self-defense mechanism. Yeah. And he's just nonstop quips. A lot of his jokes hit. He hit far more than he missed, which is a hard thing to do, to do on sitcoms. So much uh, humor in your average sitcom nowadays is just cringe or groan-worthy. And I, I, I don't think that Friends would have even been a successful series without him. I, yeah. think, I think he was kind of like the epicenter of that show. Yeah, him and Joey. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were so funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, what a great tag team, those two. Well, yeah, no, I... Because I could see Joey mm. not being part of Friends and it still being like successful, or if yeah, if Joey wasn't there, it could still be successful. Mm. But I think with Matthew Perry being gone, I don't know if Friends would have been successful without him. Because like I said, I mean, he was kind of like the yeah. you know the apple, the eye to the, yeah. mm. to the show. Mm. No, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I mean, a lot of that core focus was you know the Rachel and Ross. Uh, do are they together? Are they not? Are they on a break? Joke, joke, joke. But uh, but yeah, he brought the funny. Uh, him and Joey uh, yep. every week, and uh, I also associate him with his video game voiceover for Fallout New Vegas because mm-hmm. he said on like a talk show interview how he got addicted to Fallout Three for months and months and months, and so then the video game developers contacted him hey, saying, "Hey, you want to be in the sequel?" <laughs> and he definitely took him up on it. But yeah, Matthew Perry, you know, bizarrely enough too, just a few months ago, his autobiography released his doors too. Yeah. So. So, I mean, you can pretty much get almost the, his entire life story in, in print, too, now. So, it's just... It's, it's so crazy. Yeah, and he was, he was, what, like, 53 or something? It sounds about right. I want to say mid-50s, yeah. yeah he, it was so crazy, too, because it was just like uh, him and River Phoenix. They were good friends, and uh, both of them sadly passed away not too long from each other because River Phoenix died first, and then, of course, he lived through his years, and now he's gone now, too. So, I thought that was crazy. I thought River Phoenix died when he was, like... Like that was like twenty five years ago. Yeah, but th- because they were friends, it's funny because Matthew outlived him, and he of course didn't get to live past him. So I thought that because yeah, that's crazy. Hakeem Phoenix's brother, right? Yep, that's his brother. Yeah, he died at the Viper Room. Sadly, uh, that was when. And you could imagine uh, being at the Oscars, his brother who won a Oscar. He tried to talk about his brother, and he just he just couldn't. He was choking up. So yeah, Gosh, yeah. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Uh, Victor, I got one news item from you. I got a couple others. I worked them into your uh, comic news segment, but I just got this one line from you. You're going to have to. Uh, uh, expand on it a little for us. What do you mean by Hollywood movies have gone crazy? So um, I found this out, and it was it was actually pretty really wild because honestly, Mr. Jonathan Majors, as you all know, uh, the man himself who has been in Lovecraft Country, and of course, you know, known for his uh, devotion roles, and of course, known for his biggest role yet with him versing Michael B. Jordan in Creed Three, and he was also set to star in not just one but three more Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, movies as well as many other Marvel projects. Unfortunately, he got into a little bit of trouble over the years with his uh, girlfriend, or supposed girlfriend in this case. Uh, he was then arrested and took him to New York, and then he was then uh, charged. Uh, except for his trial will not be uh, going on because of the rescheduling uh, until November 29th. So if you uh, have time, check that out, uh, then we'll see how... Uh, see how the fallout yeah. that ensues. Yeah, and um, not only that, but apparently 
apparently, uh, because of his little uh, snafu, uh, they will be replacing him. Uh, rumors here about uh, Mr. Doctor Doom because the Fantastic Four movie, which will appear next year of next year, uh, will also be going on with the X Men franchise. So those two franchises will be saving Marvel really, really soon, hopefully, and hopefully they don't get it wrong like the other movies. Josh Trank, we're looking at you because that was a horrible, horrible remake of my family of four. So just to tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Michael B. Jordan uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Not to mention, uh, there's another uh, quick one, too. Uh, Mr. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, he is taking a break a little bit from Thor and focusing on himself and his family. Uh, he said, and I quote, uh, he said, my family and friends come first. Uh, I've been working out way too much. Uh, I've been stressing myself out with these Thor roles way too much. And he also said, I just need to take some time and meditation and just need to regroup myself before I do anything else. So well, that's that's a really good point to bring up because if you think about all the original Avengers from the first uh, Avengers movie and like that phase one of Marvel Cinematic Universe films, he stuck around the longest. Yeah, okay? because even after Infinity War, he did another Thor movie, yeah. and I think he guest starred in another film too. Yeah, uh, it's, it's got to be so stressful making just millions and millions of dollars. Well, it's just because they put these guys. I mean, <laughs> well, you would think. I mean, it's it's funny, yeah, but like the funny thing is too. I mean, they put these guys through a lot. Like these guys need to be like ripped at all times. Like Hugh Jackman, he could not stay even one shred of like. Small. He had to be big every single time. He did I, I, I have no sympathy. I'm sorry if if somebody is going to pay me thirty thousand dollars an hour to go work out at the gym and like look good. Pretty sure I'm going to do it. Oh, you'll <laughs> pretty do sure, it. I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm going to show up and get on that track. Don't do it. But he probably you, wants a break from the role. People do it for free. Yeah, but can you? But, but can you do it all the all the all year and still without any breaks though? Because he did without any for breaks. for thirty thousand dollars an hour. I'm yes. Sure. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, any other news, Victor, here before we move on to our reviews here? Um, besides the uh, the new Punisher, and I know you'll like this, Dale, uh, there's a new Punisher in town. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Frank Castle, after his little uh, snafu with the, the ninja clan with the called, hand. Yep, called the hand, he has now disappeared with uh, his loving... Uh, undead wife now maria and uh now a new punisher has come out of the you talk about the, the comics here right yep the comics here and he has come out of the woodwork to get some vengeance like his predecessor has for the death of his family so the new series new series is out then uh, like a new uh, number one or is it, it coming not, soon it's not out yet uh but it has previewed um and it shows mr joe garrison that is his name he is a very mean man and uh actually so a new guy taking the punisher name yeah and he's he looks very terrifying. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into this. This is the first I've heard of it, so like, you've got me peaked. I just finished reading that hand, uh, the, that that run of The Punisher, like about a month or so ago, so yeah, yeah, I'm all up, to, all up to speed on it, but damn, that's, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, he's ta- apparently he's taking on uh, Mr. Negative's demon clan, uh, and they paid a hefty, this guy paid a hefty toll to have these guys protect them. Um, or as he said, you know, uh, there's eight of us and only one of you. He's like, there's eight of you now. <laughs> so I'm oh. very excited to see what he'll do, much well, like his predecessor. Definitely on my interest peaked here. Uh, just like my interest is always peaked when I'm hearing all about the goods and baked goods at our friends at Oh for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall, where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. 
They have the best cupcakes and treats for any special occasion or just a treat. And you can even place in orders for birthday cakes or holiday pies right now. I was just talking to them before we went live a little earlier before the show. And I put in an order for a birthday cake for my brother coming up. Spoiler, you better not be watching this. But <laughs> uh, they, they said make sure you get it in early because they're getting in lots of orders for pre-orders for pies for Thanksgiving ahead. So... Make sure to check them out uh, for your pie needs for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, yeah, they're located on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. And they're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. Give them a call to put in your pie or cake pre-orders at 701-757-2253 or email cakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake and a world full of muffins. That's O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And remember, you'll know they're there because of the smell. That smell is divine. Ugh, it smells like literally like vanilla in there. So you bring up the smell of O for Heaven's Cakes, which is just decadent like no other. Oh, but so is it heavy. as decadent as an... 1980s Chuck E. Cheese style pizzeria. Oh, now we're talking. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> I, I say that because Kid hey, Casino. Yes. <laughs> hey, we were all that age. I think. I think the location Kid is still Casino. open in Fargo, right? The Chuck E. Cheese's. It's still open in Fargo. Oh, it's such. It's such yeah, a. It's such but, a ripoff now, too. I mean, yeah. parents are just getting hosed because yeah. now they they make you buy the like you don't even put quarters in anything anymore. Yeah. Now you got to buy the card. Which they charge you for the card, like two dollars. Then you got to load the card with like Credits. twenty dollars yeah. on it, and then they charge like two dollars a game because they're just credits now you're not you're not actually forking in two dollars into the machine it's such a racket paul disapproves honestly i gotta go go to hell honestly honestly i have to agree (laughs) with paul on this one as michelangelo said in teenage union turtles 2 like where do you put the quarter like seriously they they charge these people i mean it's it's easy to make a buck off of people but this way it's like they're like Paul said, they're scamming these people. Well, oh, yeah, you, right. get, you give a, a five-year-old a credit card yeah. to yeah. go play games with. I mean, he might just swipe a machine and then just walk away. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. There, goes, there goes four like, bucks. Ooh, what yeah, is, what does this card do? Well, yeah, because, like, what the hell is this? Where's my coins? I, I, Daddy, I don't want to play skee-ball. I wanted to play, I wanted to play basketball hoops. Yeah, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I bring up uh, the Chuck E. Cheese reference because we are talking about Five Nights at Freddy's, the film we were talking about in the news a little earlier. Because it takes, it's, uh, have you guys heard of the Five Nights at Freddy video games? There's a bunch yes, of them out. Yeah. There's a ton. Oh, dude, I can't even stop hearing about this. I, man, people I, love this game. So, yeah, that film released a couple Fridays, two Fridays ago uh, in theaters. And like I mentioned in the news, also streaming on Peacock. So if you have Peacock, you can watch it there as well. Day and date, simultaneous streaming and theatrical release. And here's the IMDb synopsis. A troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza During his first night on the job, he realizes that the night shift won't be so easy to get through. Pretty soon, he will unveil what actually happened at Freddy's. So you can see the little poster there in the corner, and we got all kinds of... Uh, artwork here going on the animaltronics that we also associate with Chuck E. Cheese's and Showbiz Pizza in the past. Uh, this pizzeria also has this animaltronics that are apparently haunted. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. in the, in the video game, if for those unaware of the video game, yeah, uh, you 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 would be looking at a security camera system, a dated security camera system, and 
swapping be- between cameras, waiting for when the animatronics would come to life mm-hmm. and uh, keep tabs on them. And you pretty much just had a time limit to make sure the animatronics wouldn't come and get you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think so, we need new batteries in the mouse. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> well, speaking of cursed inanimate objects. <laughs> so, yeah, there you can see that. For people watching the video version of the show, we got the animatronics behind us that are all lit up. They look like right out of Chuck E. Cheese's or Showbiz Pizza. Or no, what? they don't. What, really? Oh, come on. They're all cute and, I, and adorable. And I had to put on glasses because I'm old. <laughs> no, Paul, these are cute and adorable, just like Wiley's Wonderland with Nicolas Cage last okay, year. Okay, you go to Chuck E. Cheese, they don't look like... I mean, that one's even missing a tooth. Yeah, well, look at look at the bear, dude. He looks like he's so... He's <laughs> well, like, I want to eat No, they're so just they're bad. just a little damaged, and you know, it's just, you know, it's like a photograph when you take a picture of someone mid-blink. They just happen to get a photo of a mid-blink to make them look bad. No, they're really super snazzy, five-star animatronics. That, that, sh- that chicken looks like he's literally... His eyes look like he's had glaucoma for yeah. many years and, and that's the reason why this, the video games have done so well especially merchandise wise because you know kids see these like fuzzy lubby dubby animatronics on like keychains and all kinds of like you know lunch boxes and they're a hit with kids like even though this is like a, i believe an m-rated video game with m-rated scares uh they made it into a pg-13 uh horror film to have that broader audience appeal because the kids love the film or love, love the brand fair enough so i guess to make it into a video game they couldn't just make the whole movie about just watching security cameras waiting for the 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 animatronics to come get you so they work in this character uh mike and he's he's and he's kind of like a single father but like his he's he's the the garden more like a guardian because the the child he's guardian is is he has a big age gap between him and his sibling like like a 20 year age gap he's like 28 and his sister is like eight so uh, i still think josh Hutchinson. i don't know yeah like, josh could, hutchinson and yeah. like the, i just think that he's he, he's not old enough or to hutcherson be a, yeah but like, he's like he's not old enough to be a father i feel like at least not yet well like, that's he's why still the, siblings young. siblings <laughs> well okay because when you said it was like a father figure i'm like is he father I, I, he's not old that's why I, I corrected myself us, i was gonna yeah. say like guardian guardian fair so, enough, yeah fair enough. But if it is a guardian, then yes, yeah. he's old enough to be a guardian. So, yeah, that's why I want to say it's roughly a, looks like to be a 20-year age gap. He, I want to say he's like 28, and I want to say his, uh, his uh, sibling, Abby, played by Piper Rubio, is uh, looks like I would say 8 or 9, maybe 10. Uh, and so, yeah, he's trying. He's just kind of down on his, like, always between jobs. And then you have this... And then, and then you have the 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 aunt who's like, I want I want custody of this kid. You're completely unfit to get him. And he's like, No, no, I'm trying to get back on my feet. So he gets this. Uh, he, he's applying everywhere. So he kind of takes this. He, he, he takes on this. Oh, you go ahead. You're good. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh no! <laughs> oh shoot! We, speaking of haunted, all all the objects are haunted on Alexa us today, Paul. Is dumb. Yeah. Alexa, you're dumb. <laughs> now, now, now she now she may counter with something. <laughs> she she does she does it every once in a while. But but no, yeah. So so Mike gets this job. This he doesn't want, but he he needs to prove he's make trying to make making changes so he can make ends meet at the overnight security guard job at Freddy Fazbear's. And sh- sure enough, he re- he starts nodding off there, and he's getting nightmares there about a past childhood trauma where he, I guess he had another sibling, a uh, brother who was kidnapped uh, when he was younger. So that's kind of playing into it there, where he's keep going back having these callbacks that's haunted him to this day, and uh, and they, that kind of plays into it, and and then the animatronics play into it because they're 
you know, just like the video game, they're coming to life and they're chasing him. And then you meet a security guard who occasionally checks in on Mike that kind of gradually fills you in on the mystery. And I have no idea how accurate it is to the games because I've only watched just a few streams of the games over the years. I've never actually played any of them. Have either of you played the Five Nights at Freddy's games? I didn't even know about it until this. I've never played it, but I knew a lot about it because everybody talked about this game like nonstop. But I did see a lot of the... uh, the YouTube videos about it and everyone freaking out about it and saying, oh, oh my gosh, he's there. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty much, it's all for the jump scares. And yeah. and for a PG-13 movie, they can only do so much with jump scares. There's a lot of camera cuts where you would normally see if it was R-rated, all the big gory violence and all that. So you do get a little bit of it here and there. But uh, I mean, I can, I can see the appeal because I'm not going to lie, Chuck E. Cheese is creepy as shit. Yes. <laughs> Yes, in hindsight, you know, yeah. I was too young and dumb a kid to realize back in my under 10 years, like, oh, I was going to go play arcade games and eat crappy pizza. I guess, <laughs> so. I just, I the guess gorilla see. playing the drums? Yeah. Oh, my God, he creepy. Yeah. I could just see the, the the little rat. Like, he's just like, you know, da, 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 da. And then you see a kid coming up, and then he just grabs her, yeah. and then just takes her and, out of the kitchen, and the, like, the film, The things that the film gets right, it definitely leads into the cute, creepy factor of these animatronics. Like, walking out, there's just some parts where they're just jamming out, playing music, and, and then there's other parts where they're, you know, they're out to get, you know, they're out to haunt and creep out people <laughs> all about the jump scares. Okay, and, so, so which one do you recommend? This one, or... What was it? Wow. Well, Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. Wild Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. yeah. Willie's or Wiley's? I think it's Willie's. Yeah. Willie's yeah, Wonderland. Willies yeah. yeah. With Nicolas Cage. Definitely Nick, uh, the Nicolas Cage Willie's Wonderland. It's, well, first off, it's R rated, so they don't hold anything back. Yeah. And yeah. and it's just way more entertaining from, from beginning to end, too. Not to mention Nicolas Cage. Come I mean, on. he doesn't say a thing, but he doesn't need to. His body language speaks a, a million words for you him. You know, totally off topic, the, the last Flash movie. You know, they had um, Nicolas Cage as Superman as a cameo in there, like, for the multiverse. I keep seeing posts that apparently... He had no idea about that. No, he didn't. He yeah. had no idea. Yeah, he was supposed to. He was supposed, he no to, he was supposed you think that to be. He could sue the crap out of him. No, for that. he he had no idea. Even the only one who was pissed about that was Tim Burton, because as he said, that was just like pouring salt on an old wound. Yeah, because yeah, he was that. supposed to be lined up for that movie, but then yeah, it just didn't work out yeah. in the early early stages, and it just got. What do you mean he was supposed to be up. lined up for the movie? So when they were getting ready, so they were doing the post production, they were doing uh, his costume fitting and everything. They got everything set up, and by the time everything was about. To to go to the races, they just cut it yep. right under his feet. They just took the rug right under his feet. They said, no, we're not going to do this. But it's like, well, we didn't even get a chance. Nope, doesn't matter. We didn't, we're not going to do this. But seeing it in the Flash movie was like a nice callback. I'm like, oh, my God, it's that canceled Nicolas Cage Superman. I'm pretty sure that's CG and not legit, but it's yeah. still an awesome fan nerd out moment. I, st- <laughs> I still couldn't believe they even got even the half of rights to yeah. do that because I know Tim Burton was so yeah, pissed at but, them. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we di- we digress. Uh, yep. But anyways, uh, I'm just gonna say this is kind of like a, a mild recommendation. I wouldn't say I would give it a heart uh, a hearty recommendation. I wouldn't say I loved it. Uh, there were parts of it that were just kind of fun, t- tongue in cheek. I actually didn't mind the Mike uh, relationship with his sister and having that uh, evolve throughout the movie. How they get along and they have their weird backstory and how that kind of got explained. I wouldn't say it's like storytelling. Uh, cinema masterpiece storytelling by any means, but it's okay. It gets mm. the job done. And uh, the, the, the PG-13 horror, it works. Uh, I mean, part of me wants that Willy's Wonderland just R-rated gruesomeness, but that's what Willy's Wonderland is for. So. I, I still couldn't believe when seeing this movie, I'm like, Josh Hutcherson, man, I haven't seen him since any of the Hunger Games franchise, and here he is now. Break. You caught this in too? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Victor, I, yep. I still couldn't believe. I'm like, there he is. I, we so, haven't seen him in years. And so I'm, I'm kind of like a thumbs in the middle, like I, I, a thumbs in the middle, a five, maybe like a maybe a five and a, I'll say a five and a half out of ten. What, what what are you feeling on this one? I don't. 
I want to say it not in a bad way. It's, it's okay. It's okay. That's I, what I'm I give, it a, I give it a seven. I didn't mind it, you know, but even though that Willy's Wonderland came out first, I still, you know what? It's like you said, it's that cheesy, fun animatronic. Yeah. And at least, you know, Hollywood is trying to go back to that era where you work with your hands instead of just saying, hey, let's just throw a CGI Hulk in there or something. We, we, if it works, it works, yeah. you know? So. so. Yeah, definitely good background uh, stuff. And if you're looking to maybe, you know, if, if you have like uh, maybe te- young teenagers or tweens coming of age to maybe introduce them to horror, that this could be your PG-13 gateway horror to the R-rated stuff. That this could be a good like uh, gateway gateway yeah. drug for that. You know, <laughs> I, I totally That'd forgot that he was in Hunger Games because um, I always uh, affiliate him with. I don't think it was Cabin in the Woods, but it was a cheesy horror movie that came out a long time ago. Hmm. Um, but it was something in the woods. I don't. But I think maybe it was Cabin in the Woods. I can't remember. I don't. But recall. it was. It was. He might ho- have been in that. Was, was, he, was, he, was, he, was he like the no. pot smoker with the coffee cup? No, that no. wasn't him. No, he no. was. He wasn't in that. I know Chris what, Hemsworth it, was. What, yeah, no, know Hemsworth yeah, because yeah, Cabin yeah. in the Woods is with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Okay, Chris so Hemsworth, yeah. what's the name of the actor in this one? Trash, uh, Josh Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. 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 Okay, I'm going to look it up. You guys, All right. Because this, well, this movie is hilarious. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critics 29%, but the audience 88%. So we're kind of like right enough. in that median there. Fair so enough. that's. Fair that's that, fair enough. So that is uh, Five Nights at Freddy's in, in theaters now or on streaming on Peacock. So, Victor, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, do you got any other... I think you already covered a couple of them, but do you have any other updates on your latest Marvel, DC, or comic news? Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, to be fair, there has been a lot of talk, uh, ladies and gentlemen, about this Wolverine and Deadpool movie. I mean, man, the the you should have seen the promo pictures here. I mean, you should have seen... Hugh Jackman, man, for the seven long years that this man has literally given his body, his mind, everything to the character of Wolverine, this man has not lost a sweat or a beat when it comes to playing Wolverine. The dude literally is still jacked after all these years, and you can see him and uh, Mr. Ryan Reynolds just walking slow-mo badass mode uh, in the promo pictures. Now, of course, people are like wondering, well, why does he have, you know, he doesn't have sleeveless, you know, uh, the yellow costume like he does in the 90s movies or the 90s or not the 90s movies excuse me the 90s show you know like you know they did in the 90s show well the reason for that ladies and gentlemen is because of his skin condition we don't want this man to get cancer if we want him to continue playing our favorite Wolverine I'm sorry to anyone else I love you David Radcliffe I love you all you know I love every actor who wants to be Wolverine but I'm sorry fuck those guys Wolverine is Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and if we want him to still you know play these roles we need for him him to not get any cancer, any diseases at all. We need for him to continue to be the man, the myth, the legend himself, the rage machine Wolverine. I can't think of anyone else better to be to fill those shoes. I'm sure they'll eventually, when it comes time to cross that road, they'll do it. I'm sure they'll find a, a, a worthy selection. They but, will, uh, but honestly, it'll be yeah, large, sure. large shoes to fill. Oh, seriously, because I don't know anyone who has done it better than him. And he was gotten extremely jacked for that role as much as he did. Plus, not to mention, uh, Mr. Wolverine, yet again, for another news segment quick here, uh, they're celebrating another Marvel character, which is Mr. Wolverine. Uh, Not only Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, but just Wolverine in comic books. I mean, 70 years of this man. 70-year anniversary? Literally ripping through everything. He first appeared, if you all did not know this, if he first appeared, not in the X-Men, not just yet, he first appeared in the Incredible Hulk, uh, where he was literally ripping and shredding oh. the Incredible Hulk. Uh, like 180, 181, 
something yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. And he was literally just, the first time we saw him, he was in his iconic yellow costume, of course. Now, not as iconic as the 90s one, but it was, you know, still in the stage of getting ready to be his iconic ones. Now, if you saw it, it was like a cat kind of suit kind of thing where he had no long years this time, but the artist's like, well, why don't we give him longer years and a little shorter build? Took and, a few tweaks over some issues. Yes, but it worked out phenomenally and just like in the 90s cartoon like i said before we need to see that but for now let's just keep it you know we'll get check. there yeah we'll get before there. before we don't need to get him any more skin cancer diseases <laughs> so just we gotta keep in check for that so. okay so i found the movie that i was thinking of and i don't think that it's the the same actor that's in this actually no it was the uh, oh god I, I can't remember it i think it's the whoa guy Oh, you mean you mean Joey, Joey Lawrence? Lawrence? Yeah, Joey. <laughs> you guys know what horror movie I'm talking about? Uh, horror movie he is in, I cannot think of. Cabin a... Fever. Oh, Cabin. Oh, Fever. that's right, Cabin Fever. I've not yeah, seen that's, that one. Yeah, that's because that the... movie is hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's with him and uh, what was it? Uh, he, the guy who played Sean uh, Hunter from Boy Meets World. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Sean okay, Hunter. So that's the I, whole I've heard guy, of the right? Movie, yeah. No, that's not him. You're you're oh. ta- you're referring to Joey Lawrence. So uh, Joey Lawrence was always known for his iconic. Whoa. Oh yeah. All right, I'm, t- I'm typing in cabin fever here. Right. We're going to see. Pa- Paul's right. on the case. Uh, cabin fever just cast. like we are on the case next. Or, or Victor, is there any other comic updates here you have for us today? Um, besides the anniversary of Wolverine, and of course, I will say for the last one, um, I congratulate Fantastic Four, of course, for being the first Marvel family. Although that they claim that they're the first Marvel family, I still think that the first Marvel family should have been Fantastic Four because it is. So yep. I congratulate them because that was writer. What Ryder yep, Strong. Yep, that's him. Ryder Strong, yep. Yeah. That if anybody hasn't seen Cabin Fever, definitely check it out. Because that that that's a horror movie that will make I mean it's like uh Cocaine Bear. That's, oh, it's cocaine just hilarious. Bear, yeah. Yeah. Cocaine Bear is amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, well, we're going to keep this thing moving along here. I guess speaking of <laughs> funny horror movies, I don't know if I would say this is a horror, but uh I don't even know. Paramount Plus is advertising it as a movie event. It's really like a mini movie. I think it's only like 40 minutes long about give or take a little bit. But a new South Park episode or extended episode is more like a two-parter. It's called Joining the Panderverse is now available on Paramount Plus. And oh my gosh, here's the synopsis for this as Paul's bringing the just fantastic imagery on, on screen here. So the end of Cartman's familiar beloved life is predicted by his incredibly unsettling dreams. As the arrival of AI upends their society, the grown-ups in South Park are also struggling with their own personal decisions. So, South Park, enter the pander, or joining the panderverse. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, Cartman's having dreams that he's all of a sudden being teleported to a multiverse of diverse women. That's his phrasing. And uh, eventually he does get zapped through a portal into this alternate d- dimension and and everyone's like oh yeah this is cart who's this white boy who's who's cartman you're not cartman and then and she, and he swaps trading places and call it back to that movie and you have the diverse woman multiverse version of Car- cartman going to the main you know south park colorado cartman with joy- joining up waiting for the bus with kyle stan and and kenny and just shenanigans ensue and the subplot being uh, all the handymen are charging crazy, absurd rates, and no one can afford them. And so, as, as uh, st- was it uh, Stan's dad, 
uh, eloquently phrases that no one can figure out how to do S anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like the handyman are just reaping the, the rewards from overprices, overcharging and just driving in limos and, and rocking crazy, uh, luxurious outfits. How did this work for you guys? Honestly, you know, this is not the most out of, how can I say this? This is not the most out of brain kind of way that Cartman would do this because it's Cartman. It's like, you know what? This is, this makes sense. It's Cartman. I mean, this is the same guy who literally was like, he, he had a bully. And so uh, then he fed his parents, he kills his parents, and then he feeds him their chili. And he's like, nee, 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 I made you eat your parents. And then he's like crying. And he's like, yes, yes, mm, yes, your tears are so salty. Oh, and he's like, I'm like, you know what? Classic Cartman. Because it's Cartman, this makes sense. I, I, I thought that this was hilarious, just in the fact that, I mean, because I talked about it last time on, on one of the shows about how lazy writing the pretty, multiverse is. Pretty much. Like, everybody's just going to the multiverse yeah. thing, because, I mean, it's just lazy writing, you yeah. know? They even and, call it out on the show. And they, they totally call it out on the show. Even, and then, even, even Deadpool said it. It's lazy writing. Yeah, yeah right? Exactly. Yeah. And then um, and then what was uh, the... Disney executive Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> so Cartman is Kathleen Kennedy, and they're like, our our stocks keep plummeting. What should we do? And she just comes in there. And I, I I think we had a controversy. I, I thought I thought this doppelganger version of Kathleen Kennedy was saying, "Put a chick in it, make her gay." Yep. And then I <laughs> and then I thought I also heard, "Put a dick on it and make it gay." Oh my god! So I'm I'm, I'm thinking that they, I'm gonna have to watch like. I'm not going to watch it again, but I'm pretty sure that they do both. But the put a chick in it and make it gay. Oh I mean, God. it's but this it's is hilarious. A, this is a remake of Bambi. There are no humans in it. I don't care. Yeah, put a chick in it and make it gay. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> just totally calling out Disney for their just dumb crap that they got going on right now. Honestly, this this yeah. woke, woke BS. I mean, I've been talking about this woke BS on this show for I don't know how well, long now. And you, like I said, you're lucky that you weren't at the, the protests because literally, if you saw this, guys, there was a YouTube video on this, I want to say like about a year ago. A whole lot, and I do mean a whole lot of parents, went to Disney. There were tons of parents just having protest signs and pitchforks and just angry at Disney. They said, well, why are you guys out here today? Because Disney has literally ruined what childhoods are all about. They're literally putting all this woke crap in here, and they were just pissed. They were not happy with Disney. They were standing outside of Disney World, literally ready to storm down the gates with their pitchforks and their pitch. Just, just they were just angry at these people, saying, "How dare they ruin Disney and whatever it is that our children loved, you're used to love." I should say, as they said in the quote, because they were like, "Disney is just, it's just now garbage now, guys." Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And, and, yeah, and, and I just love South Park because they just say the quiet part out loud that everybody is afraid to. Like, they're not worried about getting cancel cultured no, or no. anything like that. I mean, they're they, no, and, they and, that, and that's why they're so great. I yeah. mean, they're just like. They say what's on everybody's mind yeah. that is just like so fed up with this stuff. And yeah. then, I mean, they got to just make the these lefty libs, whatever, oh, yeah. just completely pull their hair out yeah. when they do their shows. I mean, it. South, I mean, South Park has been on the air so long that literally their show is still continuing on, mind you, ladies and gentlemen. And the fact that, as Paul said, these guys will never get canceled. They have said what 
all of us have been wanting to say on this podcast, heck, on national television for many, many years. I can't believe that they weren't canceled 10 years ago, 15 the, years ago. I know. They, they, even, did that, nope. they, they did a joke episode on uh, school shootings, and you'd think that would yeah. raise a lot of controversies. And in the yeah. credits for that episode, they, they put hashtag cancel South Park. So mm-hmm. I think they're trying to... They find their ways to dodge when, around the controversy or find ways to make you, uh, make it a satire. So to, this is one of the biggest ones that I, I cannot believe they even got away with it. When Obama was elected as president. Oh, yeah. This was the same time that Batman came out. Uh, what was it? The Dark Knight or yeah. what was it? Yeah, the Christian Bale one. Was, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Christian, was that the first one? No, the first one was Batman Begins. The oh, second it, yeah, was so it, I think it was Batman Begins then. Mm. And so comic book movies were coming out like crazy. Mm. And so they made Cartman into a comic book character. <laughs> and they were quoting Obama saying... Because his, uh, I think his slogan was hope and change mm. for when he was running as president. Mm. And they come out and they make Cartman saying, this city needs hope. This city needs change. This city needs the coon. Oh, and, he's, yeah. and he's a raccoon. I'm like, are you kidding me? You can get away with that? Like, they you know, he's the first black president. I'm like, I'm like wow. They, How you didn't get canceled after that blew my mind. I'm honestly surprised. Not only that, like, I'm surprised literally that they didn't get canceled for this one. When Steve Irwin, as you all know, he's the beloved crocodile hunter. I grew up with this man. A lot of people did. And it was so sad to see him pass away. Uh, from a stingray accident literally they did a halloween episode where everyone's in hell uh you know the devil's having a halloween party and this guy comes dressed as uh you know steve Irwin with a stingray in his heart and literally i thought they were going to be canceled for that because i mean he 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 didn't just die like oh like a year ago no he died two like i want to say a week ago and they aired this episode and then i was like guys wow. come on yeah man. that's like a, i mean there's jokes but there's really bad taste they definitely jokes. pushed that too soon envelope yeah, I, to I, the I think they had what was it satan and saddam hussein in yeah. a love relationship come on you know you like me. well guys we have a lot more show to get through but final verdict on south park enter the panderverse i've always i love south park so this is a double thumbs up for me oh I yeah south park. great episode safe they to say yeah they they continue to knock it out of the park each and every time i you know even if they're just doing two or three of these like mini movies a year instead of like they're that's what they've been doing these last couple of years two or three like mini movies instead of the regular what eight or ten episode rotation they've been doing before that so i mean it's, i'm fine with that they're these are still killer their, their character development yeah. is like beyond anybody I yeah mean, between cartman was uh stan's dad yeah um you know <laughs> even what's his name again I always forget Stan. Is it Stan's dad, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, what yeah. Was Stan's it? dad. Yeah. yeah Stan's uh, dad. Uh, yeah, Randy. Randy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Randy. Randy. Between that, Randy. I mean, all of them. I mean, Randy's like, like the Homer Simpson for South Park. Honestly, where everyone loved the kids at first, but over time, yeah. you know, as as the people that the kids that first introduced to South Park, they grew up and they fell in love with uh, with Randy. <laughs> well, I mean, who wouldn't fell in love with Tegarty Weed? Oh yeah. my gosh! I know. I mean, like, they're writing and this everything. I mean, they are they're brilliant. They they are brilliant 
writers. Not to mention, they have literally, and I will say this because it's true, if you look up how much ratings those guys have pulled over the years, they have literally skyrocketed. Even though that they're still continuing their show, they have skyrocketed, not only in Comedy Central ratings, but in every ratings possible. All the they're demographics, never, key oh, demos. They're never going to be canceled because their ratings kill every freaking and, time. And if you want to see the, the skill level that they have, like watch them, just the two of them, in a sound booth. Yeah. They're so when, when they're actually just doing the voiceovers for this show. Yeah. I mean, then you'll actually see the brilliance behind these guys. And it, it, it just... Yeah. Anyway. All so, right. moving so on. We got, like, we got a lot more show to come here soon. And we got four more reviews on tap. We're probably going to be rapid firing them. But we will get with them here shortly after some words from our friends at Churchill Shoes. As Paul's queuing that up, they got a killer okay. sale. Here, Here it is. October is SAS month at Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Churchill Shoes is in their new location, and all SAS shoes are on sale all October long. Churchill Shoes has been in business for over 65 years and know what the best shoes are for your comfort and well-being. It's SAS Shoes. Churchill Shoes can cater to all your footwear needs, whether men's or women's shoes, from slim to triple wide. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturdays from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or go online at churchillshoesnd.com. SAS Shoes, your feet will be glad you got them at Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, we are back. And... Uh... Victor, I know you said you, were, you said you had a question there, I think, or was that just kind of something for off-air afterwards? Um, it was actually, weirdly enough, since we were talking really quickly about the whole uh, Disney failure thing, I thought it was funny because uh, Paul and I were talking a long time ago about this, and I thought Paul had mentioned this, and so this is really interesting, how a lot of the times uh, you would think that, you know, because everything is out in the open now and nothing's really you know, censored anymore. Uh, I thought this was really odd. So apparently I went to Target uh, not too long ago, and I, I went into one of the... I was just going through because I was going through the action figure aisle, but then before I was going there, I literally thought I saw something. I'm like, this can't be possible. So I went back, and I was like, just to correct myself, and there was swimwear for, for boys, but this wasn't like swim trunks or anything else. This was like, you know, it was weird. It was like... They had these like mermaid suits for guys, and I thought, okay, this is this is a joke, right? <laughs> and I look, and I'm like, no, it is not. Well, okay. that, that may be a, be a topic for after the show here. So, but yeah, yeah, that's just, that's been in the news and all that. So, but we I got know, we got we got a, really we got a ton more show to hit cover here, Victor. I know I'm curious to hear your thoughts about Killers of the Flower Moon, oh, yeah. latest new Martin Scorsese movie. I haven't had a chance to see it. I know. I think it's a longer one. Like most of the movies are usually around the two and a half or three hour length. Is that what this one is too? In this one, this is about three hours long, uh, and it needed to be. You guys. So I got for the synopsis for this, and I'll I'll just set you up here and just go to town. One oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under the is it Osagi or Osage? Osage. Osage. Okay. Uh, The Osage Nation land. The Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery oh man you guys ho oh, martin scorsese man he just he doesn't let up in this movie when i first came into this you guys i was ready because martin marty's like he's the shit he literally kills and this movie this was about literally a 
a native tribe that no one had ever known about. Ever, I've heard the name before, but I've never knew anything about these guys. These were the richest Indians in all of this land. They owned everything. When oil came up on their land, they owned every piece of land you can ever think of. They got jewelry. They had stores that were named after them. They had cars. They had anything. They had fur. They had everything at their disposal. And of course, like here comes this guy who played by the always fantastic method actor that he is, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio, coming in and his despicable uncle, played by the always amazing collaborator of Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, uh, who was known as King in the movie, has, is the king of Osage. He was a friend to these, you know, these Osage people. He helped them with their land and all this stuff. And uh, so he is coming back uh, and he's just like, you know, I was in war. I was in everything. And, you know, I've come back to just live here and work for you. And, of course, he meets this beautiful woman uh, who is played by the lovely, uh, to my left, by the lovely Lily Glass. Gladstone, uh, and as beautiful as she is, uh, these these are very. Sh- their relationship is very toxic, in a sense. They're they're uh, they fall in love at first, but really, let's face it, he only wants her for her money because she's a very very rich woman, but she's also a very very incredibly smart woman in this movie. And I, I've always loved Martin uh, Scorsese for his characters, and like the cast in here was just phenomenal. The story was just. It was very sad because these these people are just taking advantage of the Osage people, honestly. And how forgiving these people were after all this debacle happened was just appalling, honestly. They shouldn't have been that forgiving to these people. These people killed all their families. They just took all their money. They slaughtered everyone they could see in their sights. And these guys literally were coming in. These were, as they were called, no goods. These guys were just lazy bums who wouldn't work for a living. They just came into their world and just, like, slaughtered anyone who was pissing them off or anything. And, of course, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio, being that he was a war veteran, you would think, oh, well, he would do the right thing and be, you know, a good man. But no, he wasn't. You know, I, I've heard of the Osage Nation, and I love movies where they uh, are actually like historically accurate yeah. as far as like their scenery and everything. Because mm-hmm. if you ever go to get down to like Medora or something, and you know, don't just go there for the like the theme parks. Yeah. Go check out like the old plantations yeah. and, all, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, they actually have actors out there that mm-hmm. will you know act you know pretend like they're back in the day but but you you go through it and i mean this stuff is like you know because you can kind of see it in the background there um it's just so interesting to see how people like lived back then because first off they were a lot smaller yeah the rooms were tiny yeah and you know so you look like uh i can't remember the name of the building but uh there's one in midori that you can go to and 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 you go through and you see like how these people lived back then yeah. and and you go from like one kid room to the next kid room yeah. and then and you look at it and it's like compared to what we have now yeah it's like wow and i mean they literally have the original sheets down yeah. they have the original pillows mm. you know like the combs that they use yeah. that actually had horse hair yeah you know it, it's it's just it's really really interesting is it, is it safe to say victory they capture that cinematography and that that oh, style scenery it, and setting makes you feel like you're in that era oh and it like you were not even out of that area. Everything, like Paul said, just like if you go to Medora, like I said, don't go. Like he said, don't go to you know the gift shop. You, know, you can do that, but like when you see what all these people were going through at the time, like they were like minimalists. They didn't have very much. I mean, they were rich people in this land, but they were just they were simple living. They were living out in the middle of nowhere. You know, they they had the combs and just the way they were cooking, like with everything. Like modern day cooking is just like. 
it's really laziness. The way these guys did it, they, they went out and hunt for their food. They came back and brought it to their husbands and they made it. They, they used everything. They didn't just use half of a, like a cow or even a, a buffalo. They used the entire body of this buffalo. They, heck, they used the pancreas as a water jug, for Christ's sakes. I mean, these guys really knew what they were doing. The calms and everything, the way they prayed to the, like, the motherland, these guys were really doing it right. And simple living, that's why you see shows like you know, Little House on the Prairie and stuff like that, you know, or Heaven's Gate, like movies like Heaven's Gate. Those guys really knew simple living. It didn't need to be like modern day. Like, honestly, simple living was way better than it is now. I'm sorry. It is. It was really cool to see. Just, I wouldn't so, go that far. So honestly, <laughs> I, but I would because honestly, like simple living, I mean, it was it was just like fa- there was nothing but family there. It was family and the people you knew, the people you grew up with. right? And they lived right next door to each other, which was really convenient because if you ever had a problem, you just go right to your neighbor's house and say, hey, can we stay here for a couple of days? Like, sure. And it was, it was cool because – um, all her sisters in the movie, they were right next to each other. They had all their family, like, not too far away. They were all just this amazing community. And the way Marty filmed this was, this was a long, like, awaited project for him. And he got permission from all the people who were there at the time and people who were still alive. And, and everyone was just so honed into this project. Wanted to make sure he got the proper blessings and he didn't want did. to just, like, come off as yeah. just, like, just generalizing. Yeah, because, and you know Marty. Marty is super authentic with his movies. So he's not going to pull any punches. He got permission from these people. And they gratefully gave them their blessing to do everything they could to make this story as beautiful as as it was, I, I'm actually. I didn't even know about this one. I'm really interested in watching it, it, this. You movie. should go watch and this. It, this uh, is really good. Wait, it's very sad, is, but it's is, very is good. it something that you need to see in the theater though, or yes. can you wait for it? To, no, you need to absolutely and one million percent see this in the theater because what makes it, it stand a, out in the theater? It it just has this this weight to it. It has this gravitas that you wouldn't see. Like you would when you go home and watch a movie. It's like well, we're home. You know, we can watch it with fans. But this one is. This one is just, it's not your average movie. Like, it's like Christopher Nolan movies. You can't watch them at home because it's like, uh, it's boring. But when you watch them in the theater, it has this, like, especially, and I will say this really quick because it's true, the way Martin Scorsese uses it. As I've said before on the show, silence is a key thing in film, ladies and gentlemen, and he plays it up to a T. There is no, like faking it there was no like using music as a you know always a substitute there was when the silence plays out it plays out phenomenally sounds like it looks like the reviews did pretty yeah, good it was so percent critic aggregate 84 84 audience you it sounds, need to see it like seriously like I, said, I wanted theater. to see it i wanted to see it the last couple of weeks it's just been insanely busy and knowing the run time for this one is just trying to find the time to set that much aside i know i got a little bit of extra time off this weekend so i'm going to try and see it this like, weekend like i said if you too go see it please tell me because honestly you, this is an experience you so would you re- say would this be upper tier mid-tier or or, or oh, lower upper, tier for martin scorsese no, upper, films but upper in his upper tier sure. oh obviously would you say it's a top three scorsese film honestly yeah besides you know how long I, is it it is three hours long so yeah, but 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 once you, but <laughs> once scorsese, you see it, paul but once you see it like you will thank yourself for good you'll thank me you'll I thank, see it. just mm-hmm. for seeing it because 
it's an experience you will not forget. That's for sure. And you will see, actually, the fun part, too, is you'll see a lot of people you didn't get to see in some of their movies. So mind you of that. There's a lot of good actors in this movie that you will get to see. And they are very talented in their roles. Oh, you definitely got me. You got, you got me wanting to see this more and more, Victor. Uh, we need to keep things moving along here to our next review. We'll probably try and rapid fire these last few here for the show here for the sake of time. But Netflix released a new documentary on the life and career of Sylvester Stallone, aptly titled Sly. Hell so, yeah. I mean, and how apropos this year, because earlier this year they did a three part documentary series on Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, three one hour long episodes. This is just one hour and a half long episode. And it's all new interviews with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Frank Stallone and also big uh, Hollywood illuminaries uh, like Quentin Tarantino, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Henry Wrinkler, uh, uh, Talia Shire, a lot of his close actors and and family in here. So uh, I guess, Paul, you're the one that clued me into this. I had no idea that this dropped uh, until you you gave me the heads up on it last weekend here. Uh, how how do you how do what, initial thoughts coming into this uh, capturing his life and career? Well, I, I I think that it was due. You know, I mean, because yeah. Sylvester Stallone, he's done a lot that I I don't think people realize. I mean, yeah. he's not just an actor. Yeah, he was also the producer. Yeah, he was the writer. Yep. I mean, he had the director. Op- <laughs> yeah, he he had the opportunity to sell Rocky. Yeah. For I think they offered him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he turned it down. And then they offered him five hundred thousand dollars, and he turned it down. I mean, turning down five hundred thousand dollars when you're broke, that's that's a hard pill to swallow. And and the main thing uh, we should make sure to mention we should (laughs) mention in there for context for people that don't know the story. uh, I mean, he wrote he wrote the script, and they're not they not only were offering him that much to buy the script from him that. So Fezzer Stallone wanted to star in it, but they were giving him that much to see and to make sure he did the, he did so he would not star in it. They wanted to choose their own lead actor because at that time Stallone only had a couple movies under his belt, wasn't quite yet the proven superstar that he is today. Yeah, yeah. I think they wanted um, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, they wanted Burt Reynolds yeah. to be uh, Rocky. Yeah, and you know, and he turned all that down. And I mean, you know, talk about brilliance because yeah. i mean how much money did he make off of that now yeah. i mean and, i mean and mind you ladies and gentlemen this was when he was still poor he had to sell his dog he had to literally start in an adult film just to get money so that he could do this i mean so the struggles that this man went through just to make this movie yeah he deserved an oscar I mean, the, for do- this the documentary definitely captures that I, I i love how they spent so much time focusing on that being that first big hurdle the first rocky being a huge part of this documentary and how did you like how they have him revisiting those old audio tape interviews and having that just kind of flesh yeah. out his old memories, him versus these 1970s, early 80s interviews and him listening to him in real time and, and reflecting on it? Yeah, I, I thought that it was great. I mean, you know, even, uh, you know, they, when they interviewed his brother and when they had the, the opening of Rocky, he said like two thirds of the audience left. Mm-hmm. But the ones that stayed at the end of it, mm-hmm. when he knocked Apollo down mm-hmm. in the first round, mm-hmm. everybody got up and it was like cheering yeah. for him like yeah. it was an actual live event. Yeah. I mean, Sylvester Stallone is very interesting. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's actually really brilliant. Yeah. You know, because he, he and even um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger points out to the fact that, you know, he, he's one of the only people that created an entire like three franchises yeah, like between Rocky, yeah, uh, Rambo, Rambo yeah. and the Expendables Rambles. because of his idea of like how he can put all this together, yeah. you know, and, and if he's writing it, he's directing it and he's acting in it. Mm. 
that's pretty much unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, and just uh, the the way they 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 have them focused, a lot of focus is on Rocky, a decent amount is on on Rambo. Expendables is only really covered in like the last ten minutes or so. But yeah, which is fine because which, like Expendables wasn't that great. Anyway. Yeah, like the first one I really love, but I thought you know I got a lot of new takeaways from just the, kind of like the behind the scenes stuff and what he was going through, and like they kind of cover uh, they kind of kind of quickly brush over a lot of his other movies in between. Uh, there's some movies I, I was hoping they'd pay more attention to, but they just kind of get a quick gloss over mention like Demolition Man and Cliffhanger. I thought that yeah. was a really interesting part where he's exploring other big action movies and some I thought had really big success like those two films. And, and they kind of make sure to bury Don't Stop or my, my Mom Will Shoot. I loved it as a kid. I have no idea if I'll love it now. <laughs> they kind of bury it. Which is <laughs> funny because he made a bet with Arnold Schwarzenegger saying which movie would be bigger, him in Kindergarten Cop or him or for my mom yeah. will shoot and kindergarten cop made more than he's like okay you want How, onto that what what movies that were did were you hoping they would have spent a little more time covering or other parts of his career that you thought they would have explored more on that they just barely touch on or barely mention at all in here is that any, anything that comes to mind for either of you i mean no i mean he had his you know 80s ones like tango and cash yeah. and that kind of stuff i i thought that he because he mentioned when he had to go, like, he had, like, I don't know if it was cardiac arrest or something, mm. but I thought that was during Demolition Man, but apparently it was during a... Uh, it was during, yeah, Rocky, because he told, yeah. like, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen... Rocky Dolph yeah, Lundgren, right? Yeah, so he told Dolph Lundgren, because he was pulling his punches, he told this man, and you, mind you, Dolph Lundgren is ten times taller than Sylvester Stallone, and just as strong as him. He told him, I don't want you to pull your punches, I want you to hit me for real. And he's like, okay... So he literally, when the take was like action, he literally smacked him into the ropes. And literally he's like, hold on, hold on. His heart was literally like bulging yeah. out of his chest. Because well, he, he had to spend a few days in the hospital. Yeah, because yeah. he told him to hit him for real. And he's like, okay. And I mean, I could be wrong speculating, but I'm pretty sure that he was juicing at oh, the yeah. time. He, you know? Yeah, he, admit, he admits he's juicing. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he admits yeah. he's juiced. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, I mean... Then they go into, uh, you know, his relationship with his father. Yeah. And because apparently he was like a really good polo player, Mm -hmm. which who who would know that? And not not water polo. And people think polo, I think a lot of people uh, would first think of water polo, but horse polo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I had no idea about this until he went in about it. Then. Honestly, yeah, he, 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 I know he grew a up bit, in New York, yeah, no. and then he moved away from New York and did you know all this stuff, and then now. The whole point of this movie is that he packed up everything and moved back, apparently, mm. to New York, which I thought was kind of cheesy. He's like, yeah, you know, life is like uh, train windows, you know, life just passes you by. Yeah. And he's like, so I'm going to up and move all my stuff into a different place, mm. even as scary as it is. And that's when I was like, okay, well, it's not scary. You're rich as shit. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, honestly, you aren't doing anything. You're yeah, literally just like. I mean, moving. I didn't. He doesn't talk very much. I mean, it's very rare that he talks about his father. And you'll get him in certain moments. Like, And I think because he doesn't very much have highly a much to talk about his father. And like Paul said, he's not trained windows, dude. You're just, you know, a terrible well, father. The, 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 my biggest disappointment of this documentary is that they didn't spend enough time on his daughters. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> well, I think Paul may be alluding to it for other reasons, but he... <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. How did I know? Paul, they, they I'm got, sorry. His wife is hot as shit, and so are his daughters. He is very beautiful. Paul, they got, oh, they, they got a supermodel. Paul, they, yeah, got, they got another show called The Stallones. He can get for all your, your jollies there. <laughs> 
I yeah. mean, yeah, his his wife is a, his wife is a beautiful. But no, they, they kind of touch on it. I was like a, a proud father at the end. But yeah, it's just very very quickly, just very touched on. I did I did like how they I com- was completely blown away by how they touch on him and his father reconciling in a way that I did not see coming. And that 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 I don't want to spoil it because I think that was a great great moment, a heartwarming moment to take in, and how that is all encapsulated, how Stallone touches on it in a way I did not see coming. So well, I think that really stood out to me. Well, and one of the things that, I mean, this is why he was such a brilliant writer, is that, you know, he was always casted, he talked about this, he's always casted as a thug. Yeah. And so he, even in, in Rocky, he figured out that, okay, he's a thug, mm-hmm. but then he's going to bring out the emotional side yeah. of a person by falling in love with a girl, yeah. showing his inadequacies, yeah. his, you know, like his scare of, you know, yeah. uh, failure. Mm. And he does that in Rocky. And then in Rambo, yeah. he talks, he talks to a bunch of veterans and like these guys are badasses, but it's the breakdown yeah. of the mental capacity, and he was the first one to bring this into movies. Yeah, oh that's, yeah, that's, that's what that's just brilliant. Film, yeah. So, like, so like yeah. if you all saw in the movie when he literally is confronting the man who put him in that hellish situation, they were in the the room, uh, the file room basically, and he literally was just firing rapid fire up from his machine gun. He threw it against the side, and he was just bawling, you guys. And this was not this wasn't faking. He was for real bawling, and he was crying he fell down towards the filing cabinets and explained he's like oh i went through all this shit and everything you know and i was going through it and one of i mean they talk about him with uh, henry winkler and everything but yeah so one of the things is that he was really really good at improvisation yeah and you know so even in rocky he was trying to figure out like how to you know express himself when he was angry but but then he Brought it back to like his relationship with his father and yeah. everything, and that, and I mean, that's the most impactful part of that movie. Yeah, is when you see him talking to Mickey mm-hmm. and then going back out yep. and grabbing him by the shoulder and bringing him back in. Yep. You know, I mean, stuff like that. It, yeah, it, it takes a lot of, I don't know, courage, gumption, yeah. A lot of moxie to just yeah, to and, show yourself in those movies. Make yourself yeah. vulnerable on screen. You know, yeah. to tap into real emotion to make that come out on screen. Yeah, and so like that that improvisation when he does that with Mickey and Rocky. I mean, that's like Will Smith when he does it with you know Uncle Phil. Yeah, and the oh uh, yeah, that yeah. classic scene in yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, because yeah. that that wasn't no. scripted. No, like that was, that was him real. actually yeah. talking about his father. Yeah, you know, and that's what makes. Good cinema, yeah, and very good television as well. So yeah, if yeah. you, if like I said, it's it's very hard when an actor doesn't pull his punches and he really wants to do it for real. It, you'll see not only great performances, but you'll see you'll kind of be silent with them because when they're revealing themselves, just like Robert De Niro did, just like Daniel Day Lewis did, just like even Mr. Stallone did. These were moments that they were like, "I have to do it for real. I couldn't fake it." Relatability. If, yeah. Has to be in movies. Yes. If, if if you can't relate to the character, yeah, it's then, a, then, yeah, then, then there's no point. point. I, I hate yeah, it there's being, no point. Uh, overused buzzword lately, but I know the word we're looking for here is empathy. Yes. and that is that to a T. What you guys just described, but uh, I think it sounds safe to say this: we are all giving unanimous high, high must see recommendations to the documentary Sly on Netflix. I love it. No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I wouldn't give a high recommendations. I just think it's very interesting. No. I, 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 love didn't th- I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was a great documentary. I just 
what he did is impressive. Yeah, yeah. I I love Sylvester Stallone. I grew up with Sylvester Stallone, and I love a lot of action movies. So I mean, the the performances that he gave, as much as he did, and all the struggles that this man went through, I I would say, I mean, and the way that they highlighted in the documentary, I'll give them that because. To go through all this and still be a winner at the end of it, that, that takes a lot. No, it, it takes a lot in my I'm book. with you guys. I guess I'm a little higher on it uh, than you, Paul. I, I thought it being a truncated version and not like as much as I love that Arnold Schwarzenegger one, that's a little bit on the longer side. Three parts, three hours. This is an hour and a half, a little bit of a truncated watch. The other parts I would have liked seen touched on more, but uh, the parts that we described on him really diving in deep and detailing on how he came up with some of those, mo- those most memorable lines from those films we just described and diving into improv and how he went to detail detail on that and how he made those scenes just jump off the screen and come to life and his relationship with his father. I think that makes this a must-see documentary. But uh, I, I will give him this because he said this in Rambo really quick, guys, because this is one of my favorite lines. He's like, live for nothing, die for something. Oh, <laughs> He's so good, badass. Good I love him. <laughs> good stuff. All right, Paul, will you be as mixed or as high with your review? You finished it up on the Amazon Prime exclusive series, the spinoff to The Boys, Known as Gen V. Yeah, yeah. yeah so right. here, here, here we so go. So while Paul pulls up, so, I'm, I'm ready actually to hear this. While Paul, <laughs> or, well, Victor, I know you said you started. You have you had a chance to finish uh, Gen V yet? Honestly, I I kind of was a little hesitant to watch the show. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I I love the boys. I love the comic book series as well as the show. This. When I saw this, I was like, you know what? I'll watch. I'll watch one episode. I just because I was like, you know what? I don't want to say just you know just to say whatever. I wanted to watch this to see what it was all about. To me, this just it didn't live up to. I'm sorry. It, yeah. Honest opinion, it didn't the, the live up only to the reason I finished this is because I couldn't find anything else to watch. Fair enough. I, I got three episodes in, and I was just like, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah, and then. There was literally nothing else to watch. So I'm like, all right, I'll just see if it goes somewhere. This show is garbage. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I no, don't even bother. Don't start. It's, uh, I mean, it, they try to get so woke with it. The Very, it, very different vibe than the, than the boys, safe to say. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how they even got this to be part of the boys. And then you got the end, and, and you know, finally, obviously, you see Homelander towards the end. But, I mean, the characters suck. The story sucks. They try to do, yeah, you know, like, the, the shock effect of, yeah, you know, different things. Because that's what the boys was good at, was yeah. the shock effect of... I mean, that, that's how it started. I yeah. mean, the guy runs through his girlfriend while he's holding her hands Yeah, in literally, all you just yeah. see is another one's hands. Yeah, and so that's great. But, I mean, they're over... In this one, I mean, they're... I don't know if they're trying to appeal to teenagers or what the deal is, but this series was garbage fire. Yeah, I was about to say, if they're trying to appeal to teenagers, they're not really doing a good job of that. On a side note, though, I thought it was Homelander, but Dale corrected me. Meg Ryan, uh, her son is in The Boys. Yes. And I didn't know that. Yes. So, uh, fun fact for you guys, uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, they were married at the time, and their son is in the show The Boys. So the guy you'll see holding this beautiful woman's hands before A-Train just smokes her, that is his, that's their son. So Meg Ryan and Dennis Dennis Quaid? No no kidding? That's their son. I thought it was Homelander for some reason, but Dale corrected me. No, that's that's their actual son in real life. That's crazy. Yep. And he's also in Scream as well. Uh, So Scream... Uh, not four, but five. If you go and watch the Scream series, you'll see him in there as well. So oh, he's, he's become a very good actor in his Fun years. Fun facts. But, but yeah, so my my, re, my review on this is 
Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Paul, the Paul seal yeah, of avoid. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree with Paul. Like I, and like I said, I just wanted to see it just because I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I'm just going to watch it. So when I watched it, honestly, like Paul said, you, you don't need to watch this. This isn't Evolve and the boys. It, it has nothing to do with yeah, the boys. Yeah, it's nothing it's, completely. It's, it's, it's just, like they're trying to... Uh, from what I understand, they make some cameos, some brief cameos throughout like, the show or yeah, nothing but, major. But, so, I wouldn't even um, say it's a cameo. It's like What's, the, what's the equivalent of this, you know, like every show it's like okay now we're gonna put it on a college campus i mean oh, like twilight yeah. or yeah. some crap like that i yeah. mean it, and that's all they did they tried to take the boys they tried to put it on a college campus they tried to make it woke yeah and and they failed epically see and that was their first mistake trying to make it woke why in the world would you take a gritty comic book and try to make a sequel of it and try to make it well it, it's i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen that's just not gonna work it, like the boys never pulled their punches these guys did and that's why it didn't work out I'm yeah sorry. this this was just so, terrible sounds writing. Like terrible writing hard fail massive disappointment with gen v uh uh, I'm going to say I'm not quite as a hard pass on the, the film I'm going to be talking about next, but I'm, I'm just going to say I'm pretty mixed, kind of thumbs in the middle, maybe kind of leaning down. Definitely not a recommendation on the movie I'm going to be talking about here called Freelance, the new yeah. John Cena-led action comedy that's, movie. Have you that, seen this too, Victor? That's actually the one I was going to see uh, <laughs> tomorrow because I was going because I'm I have a week off, so that's why I was like I was catch up see. on movies. Yeah, so I'm going to see it all. I think, I think it's it's worth you know if you want just to get see some good dumb fun action scenes in the movie get some some fun kicks that way like i said i'm kind of mixed on it but it you can't go wrong maybe catching a cheap early matinee of it i'd say but i think it's, it was it's, just, just a break from peace for peacemaker <laughs> yeah but this is definitely no peacemaker it's you know that's a, a really good action comedy peacemaker Very. uh this uh freelance is not but uh, the synopsis for this is an ex-Special Forces operative takes a job to provide security for a journalist as she interviews a dictator. But a military coup breaks out in the mil- middle of the interview, and they are forced to escape into the jungle where they must survive. So this is really played for laughs. It's action comedy. Parts of me uh, are, got me thinking throughout the film, are they going for satire, like hot shots? But it's not quite all the way there. It's an action comedy. It's R-rated, too, but it's not like a hard R. Yeah. There's parts of it where I'm like, oh, I think this is PG-13, because they don't go all out with the gore or the violence. Uh, but no, occasionally they drop some F-bombs here and there throughout the movie, and I'm like, well, if they're doing this, why aren't they uh, going a little bit more intense with, like, the... But it's really played for last action. Like, I'd say more like uh, A-team, kind of. Yeah, and a, and a little bit more, I'll say. Like, even just So you've seen the, some, some clips then, or Victor? Well, or? just even seeing the clips, it doesn't... Like, even though they say it's rated R, the rating system is a little weird, like I said before, uh, on the show before. There there have been times when a movie has been rated R, and it's just for, like, it just has violence. Yeah, but yet this there's is, no violence. This is pretty much rated it. R for, for language. And, like, there's a couple of uh, action and, and death scenes where I was like, okay, there's a... Mm. They, they, pack a little bit of a punch but nothing uh grotesque by any means but uh you know this kind of reminded me at times of cena's very first uh uh th- theatrical movie the marine yeah the because yeah because it's That's like he, he's kind of pulled from an average nine to five family man kind of job into becoming this uh he's he has like a, a marine background or a military background special task force background but on his very first mission in this like uh unnamed uh kind of uh asian country like uh they get shot down he's 
gets a broken back and he's, his military career is over in an instant right as it started. So he goes become a lawyer, a family man, nine to five family man. But then here's uh, we we're talking about you're talking about Hutcherson kind of like, hey, it's been a long time since I've seen him. Yeah. His old military colleague, Christian Slater, who yeah. I, I can't even remember the last time I've seen him. I think the last time we saw him was in Mr. Robot, actually. So. Yeah, I. I can't even remember how many years it's been since I've seen him in anything. I want to say Alone in the Dark for me. Oh, uh, yeah, that yeah. one, too. I forgot But that that, even too. then, that's like 2006, 2007, yeah. give or take a year. But I'm like, oh, hey, it's Christian Slater, and he's, he still looks pretty solid. And uh, and he's just he's kind of like a minor supporting role, just kind of seen his old military buddy. He kind of regal, regals him into taking this one last job role to uh, uh, escort uh, Allison Brie, who I remember most fondly from Glow from Netflix. Yeah. Uh, she's just amazing in that. She's, she's all right in this. She's, she's kind of trying to seek redemption in her journalism career because she she didn't double check her homework in her journalism career and she got called out for it and so this is like her big comeback story to secure this big uh time hotshot exclusive interview with this dictator which happens to be the same dictator that shot down john cena (laughs) ended his military career but uh uh so that's kind of like the big kind of twist in there but uh uh, so they go on this interview and and then like the synopsis said a coup breaks out and they're on the run and 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 the guy that plays this dictator, uh, Juan Pablo Raba, President Venegas, uh, and he kind of he the guy who plays him. I think he kind of steals the show a little bit. If mm. I, I'm, I'm going to say the person that does the best performance in, in there is him. He kind of has this weird, affable charisma to be like, oh, you know, he's he's a jerk of a dictator who's probably have a who probably has a horrible, horrible backstory, but. Mm. He's our evil, scummy dictator. And you, you want to see him get control of this country from this evil coup. And no, you don't. Not really. But they kind of unintentionally give you this figure to root for, which I think they were not going for, which is weird, too. I'm very, very mixed on this movie because this is from director Pierre, Pierre Morel, uh, who did Take It and, and District B-13. And, uh, you know, some really good credentials there. And uh, uh, at least I absolutely love Taken. Uh, I do love the first. The, se- the second one, I did a little bit, but not the third one. I, I mean, yeah, I'm talking about the first Taken, not the yeah. other two. Yeah, yeah, the first Taken was awesome. I yeah. love that one. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah, the, the, that president, the Vanessa, character he steals the show of being the just this lo- locacious uh, char- character of a president uh, uh, and then Cena he's kind of hit and miss throughout this film uh, he's trying to crack jokes along with this uh, journalist and like they're trying to do like live streams of the action and all that and some of it works some of it doesn't uh, they lost me in parts throughout this film uh, you know if it could be all right to me if you're just looking to kill an early matinee in the theater or maybe something to put on in the background if you have a really killer home theater system just to take in the action scenes. But Or to he, fold if uh, yeah, if fold you laundry. have laundry, yeah. as Paul fold, does fold a laundry. lot. Yeah, there you go. Or if you happen to catch it on, if it's on like a streaming service a few months from now. But uh, definitely not a hard recommendation. Uh, you're going to love this for Rotten Tomatoes. This is the first time I've seen this for a major theatrical release anyways. Audience rating 75%. And there were 25 critic reviews. None of them were positive. Zero percent critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) How did we guess? No, how did we guess that? Yes, so it's getting the big old, it's getting the big old boo. I would say it's like worst film of the year candidate by any means, but I'm just very, very mixed. Definitely not a hard recommend, glowing recommendation. The fact that this got zero percent. Yeah. 
and Gen Z got ninety seven percent. Yeah, I was about that, to say. Uh, I, yeah, the, rather, cri- the critics can just go blow yeah, blow yeah. it out their ass. Like yeah. literally, I would rather watch this than Gen V or whatever they want to call themselves because that was just that was just not hitting on anything. So I'm sorry, that that wraps up our review bonanza for for this show here. Uh, we still got a couple of our last segments here to cover. Do you, do here. you know why Gen Z got ninety seven percent? Go for it. I actually want to see what you. <laughs> Put a chicken in it and make it gay. <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh my lord! I love you, Alex. <laughs> oh, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. That's exactly why. So, anywho, anyways, <laughs> still got to cover our last couple of segments for the show. But before we do, we want to give a shout out to uh, our friends at River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. Go ahead and make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're both in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. So you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia packed restaurant, the Shire. Or take your meal to go to the movie you're attending. Can't go wrong with that to beat your average popcorn and snacks. And some of this week's feature attractions are After Death, the movie I just talked about, Freelance, Five Nights at Freddy's, The Marsh King's Daughter, Killers of the Flower Moon that Victor just got done talking about. And they even got some cool flashback cinema uh, films playing like A Christmas Story and A Nightmare Before Christmas. You can find the complete listings online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about their Tuesday specials, $5 movies all day long, or their senior matinee specials on Wednesdays and Thursdays for $5.50. As you can see in the video behind me, the River Cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve alcoholic beverages, and they're owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston, and for their showtimes, look online at morefamilytheaters.com. All right, going to bring it back to Victor here. It's time for his uh, weekly segment here. I, Victor, do you have any action figures for your action that, figure showcase? That I do, and I have to tell you, this was literally something I was like, I couldn't believe I found this, so really quick. All right, so while well, Victor is queuing that up. So, yeah, here we go. Action figure showcase. Victor is going to br- bring it here. He's a, Oh, my gosh. This is... I'm going to give you the drum roll for this. Here we go. Now, literally, you guys, when I found this, I couldn't believe it. I found this at my local comic book store. This... Right here, guys, is the ultimate bat cycle. This was bat dur- cycle. This was during uh, dark metal. Honestly, this literally, I, I saw this, and I actually was looking for this for a long, long time. And I saw it at my local comic book store, and I'm like, so worth it. And you can see, literally, this was. I actually had a bat cycle like this many, many years ago uh, for the Legends of the Dark Knight figures uh, for from Kenner. Uh, but when they did this for uh, the Dark Knight Metal uh, series of comic books, this. This was what I immediately thought Batman's cycle was. It was actually a bat that he killed, and he made a cycle out of him. So you can see the bones on there, his spines and everything, and you can see the yellow eyes and the ears and just the teeth and all of it. And look at it. He's just a frightening cycle. Like, who wouldn't want this guy literally running through any alleyways, just seeing the lights and everything, just seeing this frightening bat? I want that motorcycle. Honestly, yeah. They're like, it's frightening. Look at this. It's just so frightening. Look at it. A huge bat literally coming towards you in the night. Where is that from? This was actually from Dark Knight Metals. So this was oh, when... Dark Knight Metal. Not familiar with that brand. So this was literally when the world was ending. Everybody was, like, being killed. Darkseid was literally just, like, non-existent. Or he was called the Dark Father in this case. And so, uh, of course, the Batman who laughed took over the entire universe. And he grabbed all the Batman from different universes, brought 
brought them all together who were evil and just made the world a living hellscape. And no one could escape this. And it was only up to a wombat. (laughs) No, look at the ears. It's a wombat. It's a wombat. No, it's. It was, I just love. Is, it, is, is this a McFarlane line? <laughs> yes, it I was gonna is. say. No, I'm, I'm kind of de- recognizing the the sculpturing there. I'm, I'm dead serious. Look at the ears. It's a wombat. <laughs> yes, it actually, it does. It does look like a wombat. <laughs> no, I just think it's. I love you, Paul. <laughs> no, it's like I want a wombat cycle. You Where can, do I go? All right, <laughs> wombatcycle.com. You could. No, no, you I'm could if you want to. No, I mean, no. no, no, but, it is actually badass. Yeah. yeah, but if you guys want this, you certainly can get it. It's on a local internet, like eBay, or you know, of course. Amazon if you want that too. Uh, if you want to go the extra route of that, which you can. Um, but yeah, this I picked this up at my local comic book store, guys, and like I said, this was really surprising because I didn't even think I'd see this in a million years, honestly. I was actually wanting that just for the cycle, but I got an extra Batman figure with it, so good for... Does it get the policy of approval? Well, it's kind of it's curious because, uh, I mean, if you could move these up, it would have ape, uh, ape hangers, but uh, right now, as it is, those are actually called beach bars. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is this a new new release, uh, Victor? Or? Um, actually, it's been an old release for quite some time, honestly. But uh, th- this has been out for quite some time. But like I said, I found this uh, pretty early, which was really crazy because they didn't release it. Oh, I want to say like a a way way long year ago. But it was worth every penny. It was actually what like. Forty bucks, and it wasn't that much. Honestly, at my local. I was gonna say, it looks like it would go for way more than that. It would if it was just released. But like I said, this was forty bucks, and they just got it in not too long ago. So uh, on my day off, I saw this. I was like, heck yeah! So I picked it up, and here we are. So honestly, awesome, good deal, Victor. Can't wait to see what you have for us in two weeks. Yeah, honestly, and like I said, guys, I know it's not going to compare to the Ninja Turtle. uh, You know banger that i had the last hey, time this like, is a great way to mix it up mm-hmm. ah, i'm trying to mix it up guys i'm trying to don't hit more. a pothole yeah, don't hit a, yeah I, that's i'm gonna get some auto body work <laughs> done here in a couple days from hitting a pothole earlier this year's cost me way too much <laughs> and also be careful on the roads guys because i know a lot of crazy guys out there with motorcycles who just want to do wheelies and stuff but be careful and you might see a lot of potholes and a lot of slippery stuff so just be careful awesome 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 Victor, I love it. Love the figures you bring for us, man. Thank you. Always love showing you guys. So, yeah. All right. Now it's time. That, luckily, we already kind of reviewed like three or four of these. So this will kind of be a little quick here to kind of run down some of the upcoming and recent streaming and theatrical releases. So to kick it off, we already covered the first two on the list. Sly, streaming on Netflix, a documentary we already covered on the show. South Park, Enter the Panderverse, streaming movie event on Paramount+. Plus. We already reviewed earlier in the show. Uh, here's a new movie on Netflix, Pain Hustlers. Paul, I think you said you saw this, or maybe I'm getting mixed up with I, something else. I started watching the first episode. Um, I don't know if I was tired or just in a crappy mood, but I, I just I wasn't getting with into it. Chris I, Evans, Andy Garcia. Yeah, and I yep. was thinking and Chris O'Hara. Chris, Chris, oh, I was thinking Chris Evans, and you know everybody like this could Emily be Blunt. great. Emily yeah, Blunt Emily Blunt. Too. But the thing is, uh, it just looks so much like that. Uh, Movie that I reviewed a couple of weeks ago. It was like another drug epidemic uh, film or documentary, right? Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm watching the same thing. It's just kind of like they're jumping on the bandwagon now. Yeah. I got on here. Um, it's a look at the opioid epidemic, but through the lens of a pharmaceutical sales rep. And that's exactly what that movie Other was. Really that yeah. was uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. 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 Okay. What, what was that one called again? Um, I, well, in any case. So I started it, and, you know, with Chris Evans and everything, I, th- I was thinking it was going to be great, but, I mean, it just... Didn't cap, didn't hook you Off in. the first episode, mm. it didn't really hit me hard, so I, I kind of stopped. But, I mean, 
Or if, maybe, there's, if there's nothing else to watch, I'll, I'll give it a second chance. May have been too much familiar territory too soon. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like they're just trying to piggyback off of that wouldn't, show's success. Wouldn't know? be the first time, honestly. Yeah. yeah. All right, next up we have another streaming movie from Netflix, uh, Niad, where it's a sports biopic focusing on the distance swimmer Diana Niad gaining fame in 2013 after successfully swimming over 100 miles between Havana, Cuba, and the Key West in Florida. Annette Benning plays the famous swimmer and also co-stars Jodie Jody Foster. Foster. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I started that one too, dude, and uh, I stopped it. Oh, didn't do. Jodie Foster doesn't really do too much nowadays. No, but she's, you, you she's want more to know, behind the scenes. More. You know what? You want to know why I stopped it? Why? Because this. Started out and it had nothing to do with her being a swimmer. It had to do with her gay relationship with Jodie Foster. Yeah, those. I, I and I'm like, you can't just make it about swimming and this girl's achievement. You have to make it about yeah. her being a lesbian. Like, yeah. so I, I just, I just, talk, I just turned it off. Yeah, I was Jody, like, you know, what? I'm not, I'm not going down this road again. Yeah, Jodie Foster kind of like, and, and the funny thing, uh, my friend, me and uh, my friend, Mister Larry, were talking about this. I'm like. Well, you kind of didn't know, you know, it's like, you, you know, these people are, but then it's like, you, you kind of like get a surprise. Like, it's like a pie to the face. It's like, I didn't really know. Like, I didn't really know. Like, it, that's weird. Like, that's why you don't see her a lot. It's like, we didn't know. Like, what, the, what does her sex life have to do with that? I, I again, know, that, we did, that's why, that's why I kill it. Again, I, I, again, all these shows, I just yeah. kill them instantly as soon as they go into that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not watching a show about. Your sex life. I'm watching a show about you being able to accomplish this task. Right. And like, if the first episode is entirely about you being a lesbian, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. Turn off. You You just I, lost me. Again, it's like a pie in the face. You didn't know. We none, know of us, none, none of us know. Everything is just getting way too woke. Yeah, it is. Next up is Quiz Lady, streaming movie on Hulu, which features a woman uh, obsessed with game shows who puts her obsession to good use in order to pay off her mother's gambling debts. And it's starring Aquafina, Sandra Oh, Will Ferrell, Jason Schwartzman, Tony Hale, yeah. and the late Paul Rubens Want, in his final role. Wanted to see this one. I wanted to see this one because it looked hilarious. What do you mean his final role? Yeah, because this was when, you know, he oh, passed Oh, Paul Rubens. Yeah. I was thinking... Um, I, what, I, I was uh, thinking, some uh, of Paul Rubens' other roles again? Or, oh, no, the Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we know him as Pee Wee Herman because he did a lot of stuff for Pee Wee Herman. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, no, I was, I was thinking Ant-Man. Mm. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's Paul that, Rudd. That's yeah, Paul, Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, Paul Rubens. Yeah, so that makes sense. Okay. Although I did love him, um, and this was an old kid's movie. It's one of my favorite. Uh, it's Dustin Checks In. Uh, I love that movie because he's so funny in it. So next up, we have The Marsh King's Daughter, and it's, it, it hit theaters last Friday where a woman with a secret past will venture into into the wilderness she left behind to confront the most dangerous man she's ever met and who kept her in captivity in said wilderness in her youth, her father. I want to see this because of Daisy Ridley because I haven't seen her since Star Wars and I know she wasn't very happy with the Star Wars franchise so I want to see her because of this. I mean, yeah, the synopsis is pretty intriguing to say mm. the least. So uh, uh, also in theaters that hit last Friday, Inspector's Son, an animated film where after being fired from his detective job after a mission gone awry, Inspector's Son boards a n- seemingly normal plane for a much needed vacation. And when Dr. Spindlethorpe receives a threat on his life, Son is back on the case and trapped in a web of lies son must find his suspect before it's too late honestly a lot of and you you'd find it very odd that because john cena is a very profitable uh actor he is and the funny thing is too like 
this has always been funny to me. He always says he doesn't want children, yet he stars in a lot of children's programming and television shows and movies and stuff like that. Very true. Which is very odd to me, but go, go figure on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> the next up, we already reviewed it earlier in the show at the hit theaters last Friday, Freelance. Uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 0%, yo. <laughs> I still can't believe that. <laughs> oh. And then uh, in theaters this Friday is the latest MCU film, The Marvels, oh, where Carol Danvers, a <laughs> A.K.A. Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe with Miss Marvel and Captain Monica Rambeau. So I, I saw a thing that said that this is tanking even worse than The Flash. Really? But, but yeah. for some reason... I think that this is going to be a good movie. I mean, maybe my hopes are too I, high, but the, I the don't trailers did not have me too optimistic. Yeah, I. I, I That's honestly, why I think it might be good, is because well, the trailers suck. Well, I, I, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want you to get your hopes high. That's why I'm not going in there with high hopes, just because I don't want to be let down. I don't want you to be let down. I don't want Dale to be let down. I, I, I just, I mean, like I said, if Brie Larson could just stop talking and just get through this movie without saying one word, buckle up, folks. Like, I don't, like. Seriously, buckle up. I don't. I don't know what the big deal is with Brie Larson. Like, I. She, I don't think that she's that bad. She. She. She may. Honestly, as a person, she's not. But because of the things she says, that's what gets people. Well, like, especially. You mean her, you mean her dialogue in the movies? No, not just in the movie, but or like, like her, what, she, what she says when the movies are done and over. Like, for example, oh, in interviews, what she's saying. Well, about not the even movies. just in interviews. Like, so, for example, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, when, Mar uh, when Captain Marvel came out and it was all successful and stuff, Lil' Miss Brie Larson, as a great of an actress as she is, she got way too cocky and way too big for her britches. And when she came out saying, I make my movies for white, for black people and other people. I don't make them for white, old, stinky men like you. And, of course, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? This is a portion of your audience, and you're horrendously earning them. Why are you doing this? Stop talking. Well, was it like just like a super fan asking her, like, I no. guess, like a, a bit, like a super fan kind of question or something no. that kind of prompted so, that response? No, or? just so uh, the, these guys were basically talking, like, why don't you make movies, you know, for every diversity? And apparently she just came out with this horrendous line, like I said, before like i make my movies for everyone black people everyone not just old white men like you and she derailed half her audience and then she came back two weeks later doing an interview you guys got to see this interview it's with john Cheadle and it's with chris emsworth it is the most cringe worthy interview and i'm not even in it and neither of us are in it but you guys just got to see this to believe yeah. it it's I, so horrible I, i've seen what a terrible person she is yeah like it's, it's so cringy it's like dude i i have seen that i i have seen that interview it's so cringy. Like, it's so but, bad. <laughs> but for some reason, I don't think that she's that bad of an actress as no. Miss Marvel. No, I mean, she's I, not. And, no. and I, think, I, I think that she comes off as a very good action, no. fe a female action star. Oh, no doubt. I mean, she's, she's brilliant. She's I, not like, you know, Sofia Verga or whatever her name is. You know, oh, with the, you know, it's the Sofia it Vergara. Like it's, it's one of those things, if you could separate the art from the artist, you could at least turn yeah. your mind off and have a good yeah, time. I which mean, is I, not, which is fine. It's, there's nothing bad about I mean, her acting. Like, one of the things, like you know, in The Avengers, when she's like, hello, Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, I'm like, she nailed that. She, yeah, she, she nailed that line. Yeah. Like that that that's awesome. Yeah. And maybe they could have casted, you know, Miss Marvel better or whatever, but all that stuff that's outside of it, you know, 
she seems like she may be a little bit, you know, kind of dykish or whatever. But at the same time, she's also very, very attractive. She is. And and I don't know. I I think that I don't think she's Amber Heard. Yeah, I, you know, I know but, she. I know she's not Amber Heard, but, but she. But it's it's not just like her acting is phenomenal. I do, like Paul. I do love her acting very much. She's a great actress, not just in Marvel movies, but in other cinema projects that she's done. It's well, just I've never the, seen her in anything else. Well, so. she and you you should. It's it's she's it's really worth it. She's very good actress. She puts her all into a lot of her performances. For, for me, it would be like if you were to take Margot Robbie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she said something stupid off camera. Yeah. Do people all of a sudden just hate Margot Robbie? It's you not, know, I it, mean, it's, it's that's, not that, just, that's kind of my comparison with... Uh, which is fair. It's not that I don't... And, and this is just because it's very true. It's not that I don't... I don't hate her as a person because really we don't really know her as a person. We just know of what the, the thing she says. The, the problem with Miss Marvel, the movie, was that it was just a bad movie. The writing was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Captain Marvel, not or, Ms. Yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel. Sorry, I, I mean, just want to make sure to clarify so we don't get any responses. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Captain Marvel. I mean, it wasn't so much the fact that she was terrible in it. It was just a bad movie. It could have it could have been, as as Paul has said. It was all right. It could have yeah, trimmed, it it trimmed yeah. the fat on some things. But otherwise, the blockbuster thing, I will say, don't do that because you were just fine right there. But honestly, as a person, I don't know her, but I will say this. If if she can just not say anything, because it's it's her words, it's not her as a person that's bad. It's just the things you say. It does impact other people in the movies itself. Because this happened with you know uh, Billy on the street. If you all have seen this, uh, what was it with Bros? The movie Bros. That would look like a very funny movie until one of the actors had said something really incredibly stupid, and then the movie didn't even get released here because of what he said, and it ruined it for everybody else. That's what I'm talking about. I don't care anything like you're a great actress. That's not what we're talking about. You're not saying you're a bad actress. It's just the things you say, it does really ruin it for other people. So don't please go. I'm going to have to look up some of these interviews. Trust me, they're cringeworthy. The one thing that I I would say, like, so Brie Larson, she does come off as kind of like arrogant in a way. Like, I think Captain Marvel would have been way better cast as the girl that played. Uh, Supergirl in the Christopher Reeves movie, like she, like she gives me the impression like of, the nineteen eighties Supergirl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the name of the actress, but she gives me the impression of like that's what I could see Captain Marvel or Miss, you know, Miss Marvel. Be I could have seen her, but, a little but Brie. Bit. I mean, she she is a little kind of. Bold dykeish in a way. I mean, I, 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 that, that sounds terrible. I, saying, I don't really agree no. with that phrasing, Paul. That's pretty rubbed I mean, the wrong way. I mean, that that, that, that sounds Paul's, terrible, Paul's but uh, people know what I mean by that. I mean, it's like she's <laughs> just she's she's very attractive, but she does come across as very kind of like. Like the overbearing, Man, uh, like yeah. man, like kind of manlyish in her and, interpretation and that, yeah. of the character, and and that's what Carol Danvers is a character. She's very brash. She's in your face. She's not. She's she's supposed to be that way. She's not going to take guff from anybody, and that's how the character in so the comic. So maybe she looks. nailed it. Yeah. So she, did, like I said, her acting was on point. She was just like she was in the comic book. She was in your face. She was not going to take any crap from you. She was going to challenge you at every point in turn. So she nailed it completely. Just 
just the things that you say ruined a little bit and made you cocky. Well, yeah, and, and, guys, and, and by me I'm saying, that, and by me saying that phrase, that's not what I meant. I mean, if she could totally be like straight, whatever. It, it's not. That's <laughs> just, not what I meant. I'm just saying that. <laughs> come on, we all we all know that one person that has that kind of personality. Like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's this week's new releases, folks. Buckle up. Get ready. <laughs> Buckle up, and everyone. is just like, why am I here? <laughs> what did I just walk into? <laughs> All right. Well, let's wind things down with quick takes here. Final segment of the show to talk about what we've watched that we haven't covered already. Maybe rapid fire since we're running a little bit on the longer side here. Um, I'll just rapid fire my things here just to get them out of the way real quick here. Um, uh, Castlevania Nocturne is what I've been working on on Netflix. Uh, a- animated uh, Castlevania show on the latest season. New sh- uh, as the fifth. Uh, actually, they did four seasons of the uh, first Castlevania anime on Netflix, and now this is a whole new line of Belmonts they're focusing on. I'm about halfway through it. They're real short episodes, like not even half hour long each. It's like ten episodes. I'm about halfway through. Just good, dumb. If you like Castlevania games, you will not be disappointed. I think they really respect the franchise well, and it's got it's like that hard R-rated violence and and just vampire slash em up. You you will not be disappointed if it ends up being as good as the rest of the Castlevania series have been. And I forgot to mention the news items. I guess speaking of animated video game TV series on Netflix in the form of anime, they just announced they're going to be doing one for Anamusha, and that's I believe. I believe that's releasing this weekend. So that'll be mm. dropping on Netflix. So if you like that, uh, it's kind of sam- samurai Japan era, uh, but mixing zombies and all that and, 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 and other haunted yes. demons. Uh, I loved a couple of the early Anamusha games. I played the first one, really, really loved it. So curious in how the Netflix treatment goes for that. And then other than that, uh, I know, Paul, you said you watched this too. Curious to hear your take on it. Super fan, the story of Vladimir, a WWE documentary on one of their most hardcore fans. So it's a documentary about a fan huh. uh, and, and like who's been to many, many of their shows. You can see him on, they show clips of him in countless uh, shows at ringside going back to the 80s to the present day, even getting involved in a segment with Roddy Piper and uh, as part of the script. And they kind of show his life story and 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 his trials and tribulations because he's suffered some personal losses and 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 you get to hear how it had a big impact on him and how uh just being his fandom of wrestling helped him cope and grieve through it and it's a short documentary it's not even like 40 minutes long uh as just being a lifelong super fan myself of pro wrestling i can relate to him and his passion and just uh wanting to be there for all the shows and and and, and just just what one thing that i i i thought was really interesting about this i mean i i, I honestly i thought the documentary is kind of I, I don't want to say it's but, the greatest thing ever i, I could just relate but, to a lot of the, the fandom but, yeah and and it's really cool to see like the super fan uh aspect of it like and they're the ones that keep the show going yeah but something that uh i thought was really interesting about it is that that guy throughout the years the collection that he had in his apartment or wherever he lives He's probably a multimillionaire oh, yeah. just oh, yeah. because of all of the stuff that he collected throughout the years oh, from yeah. WWE that signed, like, the original stuff that they wore and everything. Mm. I, like, if somebody were to go in there and say, I'm a collector and I want to buy this, mm. he's probably a multimillionaire oh, yeah. just by being a super fan. Well, they, they, they interview a few of the wrestlers because he's 
tight with a lot of the wrestlers. They let him have backstage access at shows, and yeah. you know, they're like, "Oh, hey, how are you doing?" And he's talking about, it, and it's like, "Oh, yeah, this is like a authentic worn Bret Hart ring jacket, and this is an actual shirt that Hulk Hogan ripped off and gave yeah, to him." And, and, and if he were to put that on eBay, he could probably sell it for fifty thousand yeah. dollars. I yeah, mean, like, like the guy has like a like a gold mine yeah. of stuff sitting in his apartment yeah. just because he's like such a hardcore fan. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's a unique documentary because of its unique nature. I don't want to say it's like the best documentary ever, but as far as capturing a whole new dynamic for wrestling documentaries that I haven't seen done before, I think it's very worthwhile watching, especially with it only being like not even like 40 minutes long. It's on, it's on Peacock on the WWE channel on there. So, uh, those are my quick takes. Uh, Victor, Paul, uh, Paul, let's go sure. to you. Yeah. Paul. Okay, go for it. Uh, Okay, so like I said, I watch Super Fan, um, and then uh, Invis- uh, Invincible season yeah. two, first episode Hell rolled yeah. out. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Oh yeah! I love Invincible, and it was a it was a weird first episode. Mm. I, I, I wasn't really expecting that at all. What is it streaming yeah. on? Uh, it's streaming on Amazon. So if you guys want to see it, go to the Amazon, and you will see it. Yep. Uh, that uh, what was it? Miracle. Uh, oh yeah, that was the volleyball movie, kind of like uh, oh. You know, we talked about Side Out, but not at all like Side Out. This was more like uh, Step It Up. Oh, okay. you know, teeny bopper. Uh, I'm into this kind of sport. This one's about volleyball. Uh, there's a her friend dies, who's the captain of the team. Okay. She takes over, and everybody's coping with like her friend passing away, it's, and everybody in the school because they're like a, you know. Oh, was it like they are like national champions and all this kind of stuff? It wasn't bad. It was, it, it, you know, it was kind of like one of those, I wouldn't say a Hallmark movie, but it was one that I could watch with my kids and my wife. Fair enough. N- not, not my cup of tea, but it wasn't bad. And, you know, we were talking about the boys earlier. The main character is Starlight, hmm. who, it, it, well, plays Starlight in the boys. Oh. But that was, yeah, that was the main character oh. of, uh, of this show. Yeah, okay. It, it, it's a very lighthearted, good message movie. Fair you know, enough. One of those uplifting ones you get done at it, and you're just like, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty you, fair. And if you're into volleyball, cool. It's always good to watch an uplifting movie. Yeah, honestly, family sports film. I love Side Out. Paul, you recommended that to me, and I was like, oh, so this is good as Side Out. And your, your first response was, what's that? I'm like, Paul, you recommended this movie to me. <laughs> yeah, it has what is this again? totally, totally different type of movie. This is a love Side know. Out, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's a good movie. Um, and then I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Afterlife awesome. Because the last Ghostbusters I heard of was the girl one, which yeah. was. Terrible. Yeah, sorry. And I, I didn't know about this one, and I watched it, and it had the kid from Stranger Things on there, yep. and it was a good movie. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was as, as far movie. as a, loved Afterlife. Oh, so yeah. As far as a, like a, a a take on like a follow up to the you know I, I want to say Ghostbusters one and two, yeah, one, one and two. two, nailed it. Yeah, out of the park. A, a definite recommendation to watch mm. you tell I, thought, really I thought it was fantastic yeah. right yeah. yeah i thought it was fantastic and again also just you know it's not creepy or anything like mm. that it's just good entertainment yeah and you know and jason reitman fantastic filmmaker that he is paid tribute to his father who sadly passed away who was an alumni not only of comedy but just of movies in general mr ivan reichman who sadly passed away uh oh honestly i want to say like not even a year or two ago because he yeah i had to look it up because i was like 
because uh, all of the original Ghostbusters yep. went in there and he wasn't there. So yeah. I actually went on Google and I was like, why wasn't Egon there? Yeah. And I didn't know that he was like a really uh, great producer and yeah. had all Aramis, kinds of different yeah. things. Aramis, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, so they, they basically made this movie as a... A tribute, tri- a tribute yeah, to, to him. him, yeah, and him and Ivan Wright- Reitman. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, yeah. they they did a, a great job. It's a very very well produced yeah. movie, very entertaining. Yeah, Harold Ramis, much love. I mean, he teamed with Bill Murray. For, yeah. uh, speaking of Ghostbusters, pairs for uh, for uh, he directed uh, Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. Yes, so. and he yeah. also teamed up with him in some of the most iconic '80s comedies of all time, like you know Meatballs, and not to mention uh, Stripes. If you all ever oh, seen yes. that, yes. Now, he, he did those too. Huh? Yep, he did those too. Yeah, oh, wow. wow, yeah, legendary career. Yeah, yeah. And, lo- and funny thing too, fan fact: uh, they almost uh, him and Bill Murray actually during Groundhog's Day they were uh, not speaking to each other. Yeah, they had like time. a falling out. Yeah, yeah. but. Luckily, uh, before he sadly passed away, uh, they were able to bury the hatchet before he sadly passed away. Yeah. And that was a great thing. So, yeah. Much love Very for much Remus. Very much love. Victor, right. I understand you got some news items to wrap it up with for us. I did. And much like Paul, like the invincible uh, man himself, like Omni-Man, dude, what a what a bastard of a character he is. Because, oh, my <laughs> gosh. That dude, really, he's messed up a lot. Because he, but he doesn't give two craps about anything. He just wants to demolish everyone in his path and his son is willing to to take him on in any situation he can uh and in this season oh boy like like you said buckle up <laughs> i can't tell you anything else but just buckle up you guys because whoo man that was getting that was getting heated <laughs> that was getting super heated uh and like paul said i didn't expect it to to be in the first episode i didn't Really expect that either. I, you know what? Before this came out, they actually came uh, came out with that uh, little short mini series yep. with his girlfriend. What was his, her name again? Yeah, um, I'm blanking on the name because I know who you're talking about. But too. she she could alter matter. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, his, yeah. and, I and then all of a sudden. He just paralyzes her? Yeah. that's a, like, that, what? I, didn't, I didn't even expect that at all. I didn't expect <laughs> Like I said, you guys got to just watch it to see what we're talking about, but it's just like, wow. It's uh, like, no, okay. I didn't kill her. She Yo, just can't. She just can't move. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Forget her. Let's like, wow. go on. Like, well, let's just take this to a dark, dark place. Yeah. Dark just side. like, let's forget her. Let's move on. Okay. Victor, you guys, I understand you have some other news stories. Um, Besides the incredible and very, very crazy uh, world of Invincible, um, they're also, I will say, uh, you guys have, I got back into reading the, the boys comic book and man. Black Noir and uh, just Homelander, they hate each other. I think I read the first 12 issues of The they, Boys. They I haven't seen the TV show, but when you talk about that scene where running right through a person and yeah. at a wedding, that's in the very first issue yeah, of The Boys, like and literally. I captured exactly as explicitly as you described. You, you know, unless you mention that, because uh, I watched the uh, original X-Men movie. I actually put a post up because I was really disturbed because mm. it came out 23 years ago. Yeah. And made me feel really, really old. <laughs> but it also made me think of the first comic book issue of X-Men Unlimited where uh, Wolverine is in there. Yeah. And he's in the bar with Rogue. Yep. And, you know, you remember he, you know, bowls his blade. He cuts the, yeah, the shotgun. You know, the shotgun. Yeah. What they missed on that was in the original comic book, though. He actually pulls the trigger and blows half of his face he- off. Face off yeah. And Rogue gets to see him regenerate his eye and yeah. everything. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, why? 
They should have just done that. If they if they did if they that, had the CG yeah. pr- prowess for it back yeah. then, right? Well, and I think it's also because at that time they didn't want to go darker into it just like that. Oh, yeah, it was PG thirteen. Yeah, they, yeah, so they couldn't do that, or else they would have to make it rated R, and then nobody would be able to see it after that. Which yeah, would suck. Yeah, I, well, they definitely had some fun with maybe some of that level of effects in Logan. <laughs> they they, but, they had a lot. So, but my point though is that so the movie came out twenty three years ago, mm. which made me feel old. Mm. And then I remembered reading the comic book yep. probably 15 years before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're <laughs> Time flies, man. It Time does. flies. It does. By the way, I'm not 80, but <laughs> it feels there. like I am. Right. <laughs> as, as, as Rocky said in Rocky Balboa, uh, to the Mason the Line Dixon in Rocky Balboa, they're doing some trash talk before the fight. Hey, bring it, old man. You'll get there too. Yeah, honestly, because I mean, and not to and speaking of comic book uh, accuracy, um, Blade has uh, sadly uh, Blade will not be able to at least catch up with the rest of them uh, because number one, the uh, the writer strike as well as everything else has kind of been. You know, a little bit iffy now. I even know that the writer strike is kind of over somewhat. Um, the actor strike is still going on, and Mahershala Ali, who is going to play Blade in the next one, uh, will be mentored by Wesley Snipes. And I really, really, really hoped, because honestly, and, and most of you do not know this, but Underworld and Blade were supposed to uh, connect franchises, unfortunately, back in the day. Uh, but unfortunately, Marvel didn't want that, which was such a missed opportunity. Oh, that, that would have been awesome. Yeah, right, right. That's that what I was awesome. thinking. Literally, and yeah. I was like, "Come on, you guys!" Those you- two series ran like neck, uh, cor- like were interchangeable within years of each other. Like, did you see the action in the like the bloodshed that was in Underworld and Blade? Like, that would have been so kick ass. And so much leather between both movies, right? And <laughs> keep seeing seeing That's Kate funny. Beckinsale and seeing Wesley Snipes go like at it, that would have been so badass. Like, I've been I was waiting for them to do that, but of course, Marvel wanted to take it into a different direction, and also. Fun fact for anyone who did not know this, uh, this was in a very, very, like, a credit scene kind of thing before they did post-credit scenes in Marvel movies. Uh, Morbius was actually set to star in the first Blade movie, so if you see at the end of the movie where uh, him and Karen were up on the rooftop after they had just killed Deacon Frost, uh, they look out the the distance and see a a shadowy figure, and it was Morbius, literally, and it was the director, uh, Stephen uh, Reffin, who was doing uh, the, the costuming for Morbius, but of course, they didn't give him, you know, permission to use the character, so they had to go with Guillermo del Toro, which was just as great uh, to use this in the second film. So, which sucked. But I wish, honestly, these ideas, guys. This just shows, like, in these these news titles, like how much things could have been, like, like Paul and Mines, like they could have used all this stuff in these movies, like from Wolverine getting his face shot up. The and script is already there. Yeah. Why are you messing with yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You could have just used the stuff, but apparently, like I said. Marvel and their rights at the time, they were really guarded with their characters and they wanted to make sure you protect know, the IP. Yeah. They wanted to make sure everything was in their circle and everything else was like, we'll just save the cool well, stuff for later. I'm afraid, so. guys, we're going to probably have to put a bow on it here. We're oh, really done. running long here. So. Oh, no, I'm done. Okay, like yeah. I said, this was just amazing show. So. Good, good, <laughs> good catch up. Good catch up. But really looking forward to uh, uh, we got a we got a really special episode lined up two weeks from today. Uh, oh, before we get that, though, we want to make sure to give a shout out again to Today's sponsors at River Cinema 15 in the Shire, Oh for Heaven's Cakes, and Churchill Shoes. Yes. And uh, we want to join, welcome you to join us all. Uh, 
live for our next episode two weeks from today, every other Wednesday at 1 p.m. on GFBestSource.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Find past episodes by searching GFBS everywhere you find podcasts. And, yeah, just want to make sure to give a big shout-out for having us part of your day. Many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. And, honestly, this was so much fun. Every day is so much fun with you guys. So, yeah, got to tune in and just see all the awesomeness and funniness that we bring here. Many thanks to Rock'em, Sock'em, Producer Paul. Hey, we bring the facts. That's right. Bring it, telling everybody what's up. Hell, yeah. Know? If you're not listening to this show, you don't. Yeah, you're you're wasting your time. I yeah. mean, you're gonna waste eight hours watching Gen V. Yeah, you could just listen to us and yeah. and saved yourself some time. Back Not to mention, to we give you the fun every time. Come on, yeah. guys. Well, we got a very special episode in two weeks. We're gonna be having. A, it's been a while since we had him on the show, but uh, David Waterman is gonna Ooh. be joining us again. Oh yeah, we got Re- a good one for that. Really? Yeah, is it? We're, and we're gonna be focusing on uh, reviewing two cinema classics. We're gonna keep it a surprise oh. for two weeks. Victor, I'll clue you in after the show. We, oh, we'll have some yeah. homework for you. Oh heck yeah, uh, we're gonna have them. David's great at picking some classics for us to watch from his last couple of times on the show. And we're going to be reviewing two classics. That's be focusing our next episode just on those two two movies. So so you do not want to miss it. Get ready for a good dose of movie cinema history. It'll be fun. We'll see you in two weeks, everyone. Goodbye. See you later.